This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Check it out. And that's the best thing about understanding yourself is you start to understand other people. Mm. When you accept yourself, you start to accept others. Now we're in this state. We breathe, we calm the nervous system, we're starting to understand our own mind, and we can step into all of these beautiful joys of life. We can ride the lows, we can be super grateful for them, for what they're teaching us, we can appreciate the highs when they come along, we can soak up good times with good people, be grateful. But life becomes, honestly, life becomes a lot easier. And welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Humong Beings Podcast. I'm Josh Sherwell, sitting alongside Ailish Healy. Hi. <laughs> um, and beside us as well is a really good friend of ours, Mr. Jordan Potts. Hey, Jordan. How are you, mate? Let's go. <laughs> we just did um, the most incredible breath work before we started this podcast. So, so energy good. levels are high right now. Setting the intention for sure. Yeah, yeah. big time. Um so today's topic, we're going to be touching on, you know, the importance of your tribe. A tribe attracts your vibe, your attracts your vibe, or your vibe attracts your tribe, vice and, versa. And vice versa. Vice versa. attracts your vibe Salt and pepper. Well. <laughs> salt <laughs> pepper, baby. Salt and pepper. Was it either post to salt, pepper, or pepper or salt? Yeah. Oh, I just, uh, yeah. We can get into that later with the paradigm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your vibe attracts your tribe and your tribe attracts your vibe. I think it's a, it's a perfect analogy of... The, what you're expressing, what you're attracting, what you're manifesting, mm. who you're hanging around. So I'm keen to get stuck into this. So first and foremost, we'll do a little rundown of your story. Um, for people, I'd be very surprised if people have not previously heard the story. But for those that haven't, and just for like a recap, I guess, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are now. Absolutely. So first of all, I actually want to commend you guys. On your vision. Thanks. So I have thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed this podcast like so much. And I knew it was a vision for both of you. Mm. And you're t- talking to me about getting it started and the nerves are there. And, oh, is it going to work? Is it going to be good? You kept, yeah. you kept writing us for so long as well. <laughs> going, have you done it yet? Start, right? <laughs> and then I've just listened to the episodes and I'm, I'm glued to it. I'm so, I, next one gets released. I'm like, yes. Like that last one with Viv, oh, like it just keeps so going good. to new levels. I think you guys are getting better with the skills mm. and it's a really, really fucking good podcast. Thank you so much. And the combination of you two is perfect. You know, like I really enjoy listening to the energy that you guys bring to it. Mm. And so for all the listeners, I'm sure you can agree, like we need to get behind this thing and just pump it, like share the episodes. It's so, so good. I'm so proud of you too because it, it, um, my heart smiles when I listen to the episode. Almost tearing up over here. <laughs> Fuck. But I'm so stoked. You know, this is, it's, it's so cool to watch people that you know also step into their passion, mm. their projects, you know, all of this stuff and start being you know, abundant and manifest and, and just share energy. And so I, do, I just wanted to start with that because I know the listeners want to thank you. But, you know, I'm here personally and I'm thanking you so much. That so. means a lot. Thank we you. We actually did just get a message from a follower by the name of Tanil saying that she uh, she really enjoys listening to, you know, the topics that we speak about which aren't really spoken about often. So, um, Tanil, when you listen to this one, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, Potsy, man, that, yeah, my heart is full. Oh, thank man, you, dude. My heart's smiling <laughs> like, side to side, ear to ear. I don't know if my heart's got ears. but yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so into my story. All right, I'm Jordan Potts and the founder of Exalta Holistic Hub. I'm aged, I'm about to turn 28, 
July 13th. And yeah, so Cancerian. And just honestly, I love life. I absolutely love life. I love what life brings. I love the challenges. I love the highs, lows, everything about life. I've really got to this stage in my life where I've done work to be in this place. So it wasn't always like that. It actually started out like that. So the start of my life from my memory was absolutely incredible. The picture perfect. I was a superhero in my own movie. I got to run around with a cape on, climb trees, ride bikes, do whatever. I was the biggest happy-go-lucky kid and I just – I was the biggest frother. Mm. Like my parents' friends would be like, man, your kid's just so energetic, so happy all the time. Like he's, he's wild. He's like a wild spirit. I'm like, yeah, that was, that's me. That's, that's my personality type. Yeah. I was a full champion of my own life. Anyway, coming into 10 and 11 years old, little did I know, but my parents started having problems and uh, they decided to split. And that honestly felt like someone – put their hand in my chest and just ripped my heart out of my chest. I was so heartbroken by it. And I felt this massive hole in my chest that was missing, like it was like a void of love or a lack of love. And I was just torn apart. And I know people who have, have had their parents split up, it's it's unexplainable mm. because you don't know what's going on, especially when you're at that age. I was 10 years old. No idea what was actually happening. They were telling me they were splitting up, but – you don't know how to process it. There's yeah. a lot of emotions going on. Your picture-perfect world splitting right down the middle, tearing apart. And, yeah, I was a young boy just looking at it going, my role model of a father who I look up to as my superhero and my mother who I love dearly and is just the nurturing goddess of mm. my life are splitting apart. And then I saw the trauma in their life because their stories were changing and they didn't know how to deal with it. And so as a young boy, I just like was, you know, my mum got really sick with MS around that same time. So she couldn't really look after us kids. So when we were at mum's, it was like, we're like little kids. I'm the oldest of three. So my brother and my sister are below me. And my sister took on like the cooking duties and it was just wild. It's just a crazy time. Full change in, di- in dynamic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just like in a split second, I remember camping up the beach as a family, surfing, you know, just being just frothing, rolling around in dad's troopy, like had the back seats. It was just, life was so, so fun. And then all of a sudden there was so much pain. Mm. And it felt like that big dark cloud wasn't overpowering, uh, was, wasn't enough to overpower. It was, it was overpowering everything. Yeah, yeah. So even if still have fun, play sport, do this, I always had that hovering cloud of darkness and, you know, tremoring pain mm. in my life. I didn't know how to deal with it. So I quickly became quite angry as a kid and I had lots of frustration, lots of resent. And I just remember thinking, I don't know how to deal with this. And it started to have a real effect on how I looked at life. I started to become a victim. So I started to think, my mother's sick. Fuck you, life. Like my mother is like she's she's now, it's been 15 years, and she's like completely disabled. Mm. She's in a home at, at 50, like in a care home. And um Breaks my heart to see her, her health decline so quickly with a horrible disease like that. And then my father's struggled ever since just with patterns, beliefs, behaviours. Like it's just it's just an, a kind of groundhog day. Mm. And that's hard to watch your parents go through that. Definitely. And so I, I switched from soccer to rugby league at the time um, because it was what my friends were doing. And in rugby league, my goal was to try and break people. I had so much anger in my body. I was like, all right, yo, see ball get ball, destroy. Like 
Mm-hmm. I was like a missile on the field. And that worked out pretty well for the first year when I was in under 11s. You know, I got rookie of the year. People were like, this guy's a hammer. Like he's going epic, rah, rah, rah. So I started getting some confidence. And then in under 12s, I broke my collarbone. First, first major ear injury I'd ever had in my life. It's like, mm. holy shit, my, my body can break. I'm not indestructible. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. what do you mean? And I had to have the sling on, repair it. Like that wasn't too bad. Anyway, came back, did the rehab, went straight back into sport just as hard, broke my other collarbone. <laughs> all right, so I snapped both collarbones in, in the matter of a year. Yeah. Okay, all good, whatever. We can heal, bones heal stronger, whatever. Yep. Next year came back, went hardcore, snapped my ankle, snapped that ligament to my ankle. Like, whoa, what's going on here? Like, my body's breaking. Mm. Then I started to get this belief, this subconscious belief that my body wasn't strong. So now every time I return to sport, and they say the, the biggest factor in returning to sport or returning to performance is your mind. It's not the body. The mm-hmm. body heals. Yeah. But if the mind doesn't have the strength, it'll find a way to break. You know, it'll, find, it'll manifest that result. Yeah. So my mind was never strong. And I'm very well aware of that now. I didn't know that back then. The physio says, yep, you're clear to play. All good. Go back. You're sweet. Okay. I've got the clearance of the physio, but in my mind, I'm thinking, man, I don't want to get another injury. I don't want to get another injury. I don't want to get another injury. I don't, oh, I hope I don't get injured. Home, yeah, bang. Boom. Manifest it. Another injury. Yeah. You know, your language dictates your results. You know, our beliefs, our aunt, everything. So, yeah, I went six years from under 11s to under 16s and just destroyed my body. Injury after injury. Like I was nicknamed like the guy who was just like always injured. Mm. Like I wouldn't get two, three games together without breaking a bone or doing something like that. Anyway, the last one was I uh, ruptured my ACL when I was 16. And that was like the last straw. Like I'd have all these shocking injuries and then – I ruptured my my ACL and the doctor's like, nine months of recovery. You're not going to play sport for the rest of this year. And so I went full depresso. I was playing Call of Duty at that time. I was 16, drinking Coke, eating chips in my bed with a big knee brace on. Broke up my girl, my first girlfriend, broke up with her at the time. Like, just was like, nah, always angry. I was on painkillers. Mm. They dosed me up on so much painkillers. No one ever asked me about my diet. I was eating... Wheat Bix, chips, Coke, you know, oh, Milo, all just the worst diet for a mm-hmm. healing body. Yeah. And my parents knew no better. It was just a sad diet, right? It's just standard Australian diet. And, yes, yeah, so I put on like 30 kilos in that year and then I was like coming into 17, weighing at about 100 kilos. And, like, that's not a good shape for a, a, a tall 5'10". Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> all 5'10 rig with uh, stocky legs to, to be in a good position as, as a young kid. So I was overweight. For the first time in my life, I was overweight. I had man titties, I had a big belly, like, and I'm thinking, I've never felt like this, never mm. looked like this. And then all of a sudden I started copping slack from other people, fatty, you know, big tits, all this kind of stuff. And I just had this like roaring, roaring like pain inside of me that was like, Fuck the world. Mm. Fuck you, life. Why? And that just multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. So my skin got really bad. I had cystic acne, like volcanoes underneath my skin that would just be like disgusting all over my back, under my neck, on the side of my face, near my cheeks. And I started getting really self-conscious. So I was fat, I was overweight, feeling super low in self-esteem. Cystic acne all over me, like, fuck, life's over. This is shit. Mm. Doctor's like, yeah, sweet. We'll put you on Roaccutane. Roaccutane will help you dry out your body, you know, dry your, your, your acne. 
parents are like, oh, awesome, that'll help his mental health so much. Like he's so self-conscious, as they do. Like I commit full commit, they're just trying to help me. Mm. Yeah, Roaccutane has suicidal and depressive side effects in young males. Mm. Awesome. So I'm loaded up on this medication that's just sucking me dry like a prune and then my mind is literally thinking of ways to kill myself. Mm. Like I used to think about the craziest shit as a kid. Like no kid should have to think about that stuff and yeah. I know so many do because of our lifestyles, which mm-hmm. is absolute and we'll get into that later but that absolutely cripples me that this world this society allows young kids to have this focus on stuff this education is completely wrong Mm. the support is complete there's such a lack of support with young teens struggling yeah and so yeah i got to and i was just got my license i just started driving doing drifties in the rain like just like you know being a dumbass pea plater with like full of confidence and behind the wheels not not safe anyway yeah. i remember i just got my license i was 17 and one night i was and i had premeditated on this corner coming back from karui at my mate's place back to my house in Tawanton, this big looping corner and there's a massive tree on the end of the corner and i was like if i drive at 100 kilometers around this bend and drive straight into that tree it's done i'm released from this pain mm. And I was like, sweet. And one night I remember coming back and I kind of hadn't enjoyed the night at my mate's house as well. Like I copped a bit of shit as you know, young boys do. They give you Charlie a bit of curry. And so I was mentally unstable. And I remember coming around that corner. I'm like, this is it. I'm driving in this fucking tree and I'm doing, I'm done. And I was driving around the corner and I, vi- I can visualize every time I tell this story and I had both hands on the wheel, they were shaking mm. and I was coming around. I, I saw the tree and then my family was just coming in front of my, my vision, like, like, like a blurry vision of my family. Yeah. And I was like, nah, and I was, nah, I'm doing it. And then as I got towards the corner where I was going to exit, my hands just wouldn't turn off. I could not actually turn off the road. And I came around the corner and it kind of straightened out and I pulled off into the side and just broke down in tears. Yeah, of course. Like, holy shit, what is wrong with me? Like, I'm, I just I couldn't end my life, but I want to. Yeah. There's something needs to change right now. Anyway, I went home, cried all night, just feeling so helpless. But I knew something had to change. So I was like, sweet. Got up the next morning. I'm like, and I'd just been cleared from my physio to start, like, jogging. Yeah. I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to run. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I was like going to the Hastings Street stairs. There's like this crazy staircase at Hastings Street. And I was doing like two to three sets every morning for like two months. And I dropped the 20 kilos like so quickly. Wow. And like just because my energy output was so high. Mm. And um, yeah, and metabolism and everything. So I dropped the weight. And I was like, sick, cool. Now I want to be a PT because <laughs> I want to teach people how to lose weight. Yeah. Now I went through a cert three and four. Shout out to my grandma for putting me through that, my first step of my career. <laughs> she shouted me my cert three and four after school. And I was living in the Gold Coast, learned to do um, – anyway, we're not going to go into that part. Went to schoolies, got addicted to schoolies, partying, and thought, oh, fuck it, I'm going to move to the Gold Coast. <laughs> so moved to the Gold Coast the week after schoolies on a, wow, ben- on a bender wow. with some mates. We had eight of us in a two-bedroom unit. That's a great idea. <laughs> Coming down from schoolies, let's just make this all the no, time. We so blind and we're like <laughs> – Dude, we could literally live like this. We could just live blind. <laughs> yeah. We could live pissed every night. Let's oh. move to the Gold Coast. So we all like called our parents. Yeah, we're moving to the Gold Coast. So we made it happen, as I do. Of course. And I lived in the Gold Coast for two years. Started being a PT. Anyway, while that all was happening, I was training clients, had a Cert 3 and 4 level of education, which is absolutely dismal. No one should be able to control someone else's body with a Cert 3 and 4. 
you should have to do a doctorate or at least three or four years at uni. Like you should, you should have to do something more in depth than eight week course that gives you a, a Kellogg's ticket to go and train someone's body. Especially when like you get the answers wrong. So I've done my set three and four, you get the answers wrong and then I'll sit down with the page in front of you showing you the answers going, yeah. there you go. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. Anyway, that's a whole yeah. other topic. <laughs> so I was underskilled, overconfident because I'm like, okay, I've dropped this weight. I'm ripped. I'm shredded. I'm 18. I want to pick yeah. up chicks in surfers. This is fucking sick. Mm. I'm a PT. So I've got that status of a Gold Coast PT. I luckily didn't get involved in the whole roid scene and the bodybuilding yeah. posing scene, but I thought I was killing it. Anyway, I was young, training clients with no idea, partying my head off. And for some reason I got really, really addicted to taking drugs. Yeah, I started partying with some friends and it was all about, you know, let's get on pingers, cocaine. Couldn't have filled cocaine at that time, but it was it's basically – Basically pingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was only pingers for the first couple of years. <laughs> so, yeah, so we were just getting dirty pills and just partying yeah, and you get having massive it. benders. Mm. And anyway, I got hooked to it. I'm like, this is this I feel like a superhero again. I feel yeah. like I'm, I feel like I can live life full throttle. And mm. that was like such an addiction for my personality. I'm very have addicted personality. Addictive. That buzz. Yeah. Yeah. It's and like I was like, yes, thing. this is it. This is what I want out of life. Fuck the week sucks. Mm. I don't like the week. But on the weekends, I can get plastered, try and pick up chicks, you know, get laid, have fun, be out with my mates, spend all my money, just live YOLO. Yeah. Anyway, that lasted literally for like six years. Far out. That's so long. Massive benders. And it just got worse and worse. The culture that I was in Mm. was young boys seeing who could get the most fucked up on drugs. Yeah. And it's just such a, a such a common culture. And this is away from the Gold Coast. Do you move? Did you move away? Yeah, so I'd, I actually left the Gold Coast yep. after two years. Came back to the coast. So I was yep. local to the coast. I was working out of a Snap Fitness, mm. and yeah, I was a PT. But you could catch me at Cafe Le Monde every weekend <laughs> off my dial. Yeah, like, I got I got the nickname in that in that era of my life, cerebral uh, cerebral potty. Wow. Which means retarded. Yeah. Which is very unfortunate that that's a period of my life that I was known to get so under the influence that I someone had to help me, mm-hmm. look after me. Fuck, who's looking after him tonight? You know, like yeah. cerebral potsy's out again. And so that, just to paint the picture, like that was that kind of guy. Like people that's, that you see these people out and you're like, oh man, that's like, that, guy, that guy's like pushed it way too far. That yeah. was me every time. I yeah. used to love getting that dosed up because it, it would numb me from my pain. Mm. Little did I know I hadn't dealt with my childhood trauma. I'd only just got a little bit healthy and then had a full boot confidence boost because I was starting to get laid and yeah. you know, having this attention from girls. And it was like, sick, this is awesome. My mm. life's sweet again. Yeah. But those underlying beliefs of like that pain of I hadn't forgiven my parents, I hadn't forgiven myself, I hadn't accepted the challenge. Like it was just all that stuff was coming up, but I didn't know. I was just suppressing it with drugs. And at a splendor one year, I was like, sweet. I just knew I was so I was so unhappy, and I wasn't suicidal at that time, but I was massively depressed. Yeah, like huge swings in my hormonal levels, like taking so much MDMA that you're like your dopamine and serotonin is just so clapped out. You actually can't feel happy unless you that drugged yeah. up. And yeah, I got to this point. I remember and going to Splendor, talking about setting goals and get, making them happen. I was broke as. I was so broke at mm. that time because just, you just piss all your money up the wall. Yeah. But I would always find enough money just to get the right amount of drugs. <laughs> so you set a goal. You're yeah, like, I want, I want five bags for Splendor. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go out there. I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. Anyway, so you save up your money and then you 
blow it all on drugs. Anyway, red splendor, and I just remember that year I was literally like a whirlwind. Like the first day, I was honestly like a tornado just rolling through the campsite. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, catching up with different people, meeting, being in pent tents, take, like having drugs with other people, doing mm. lines of who knows what. And I was so so cooked. And like, I, I don't mind being very open on this. Oh yeah, I want to be. I want to paint the picture. Like yeah. I was like, you know, that tornado that's just ripping through. That was yeah. like me at this festival. And my mates are just like, man, he's out of control. Like he's just, he's just gets so hectic. Mm. Anyway. One year, the previous year, we, we had climbed the tree, this massive tree at Splendor, on the way up to the amphitheater. There's this huge tree; it's about ten meters tall. And we it's climbed, on the right, yeah, of the walk, yeah, yeah, on the yeah, right of the walking on the right path, little, yeah. Yep. And everyone knows it; it's the biggest. It's tree. the biggest tree on the way to the amphi. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> climbing up this, uh, we we climbed this tree in the wet, uh, in the dry. One year previously, when we were a little bit more sober. Yeah. And, yeah, at the top at night, got to see over the whole bird's eye view of the amphitheater and then the camping grounds, everything. It looked – it was amazing mm. with my with one of my best mates. Anyway, this year I'm like, yes, let's try – let's climb that tree again. Dane's yeah. like, no, dude, it's raining. That's that's not on. It's it's And I'm like, start climbing this thing. And he's like, fuck. I had to go with him. And I just start – he's like, you were literally jumping like a monkey, King Kong – through these branches they're wet yeah. slippery 10 meters up and he's like man I'll just, I'll just, he's like ske- sketchy climbing it anyway i got to the top branch yeah like jump boom branch breaks and i just pinballed my way through the branches like my body was just bang 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 hit the ground went into an epileptic fit started convulsing foam coming out my mouth everything and my mate's part was at the bottom she was just so terrified and just like yeah. oh my god is he dead like what's mm. happening Security card, and I don't remember this. This is me recalling what the boys have told me and, and Maddie's told me. And come over, security guard comes over, whole like, yep, sweet. Anyway, we need to rush him to hospital. So I get rushed to Gold Coast Hospital, put yeah. into an induced coma because they thought my, I'd have brain damage. And I woke up three days later with tubes down my throat, laying in a hospital bed, looking at my father who was sitting across the room. And he's just like, looked at me with this. Just like a loving look, like, what's up, mate? Yeah. How you doing? Like, what, what's going on? Something's, something's happened. Are you okay? And I was so dazed. And I just remember thinking, this is not how I planned my life. Yeah. This is not how I visualized my life mm. unfolding. Yeah. And in that moment, I knew I need to change everything about myself if I want to live the way I wanted to live when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Because... My current results are the exact opposite of what I want to do yeah. in my life, of how I want to feel, of how I want to connect with people. Yeah. I don't want to traumatize my parents. I don't want to traumatize my friends. I don't want to be a wreck. I don't yeah. want to be emotional to the point that I can't control. Yeah. I want to be stable. I want to enjoy life. And so I made in, a decision in that moment that I was, com- I was a completely different person. It was mm. like my quantum leap waking yeah. up out of that coma wasn't easy like i got a big road ahead of me i've yeah. got a lot of shit to work on but i knew in that moment i would never go back yeah it's a big experience to go through it's mm. like a massive yeah yep. universe just kind of like well that was like a sledgehammer through the glass house like been getting rocks for like years dink 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 yeah. dink dink universe is saying hey you're not happy mm. you're not happy you're depressed you could live differently mm. and then 
Yeah. Smash the glass house. I've got nothing. Yeah. Starting from scratch. It's absolutely crazy. Mm, it's pretty wild. And it's like, it's just crazy how quickly that unfolds too. You mm. know what I mean? It's like those times in your life where you're a kid, where you're learning about everything in the world and it's like that's what you went through. It's like yeah, well, mind-blowing. From from 10, from when I – like my ma- last memory is like us camping up the beach and I was learning I was learning to surf with my mates, my dad's mate, Timmy Mitchell, and he was telling me, teaching me how to surf and I just felt – it was so sick. Mm. I got some of the funnest waves that I'd ever had to date and nailed them. We were camping up the beach as a family. That's like one of my last memories of me feeling like – Life's epic as a little kid. Yeah. And then there's this 13-year window of just fuzz. Yeah. A lot of pain, a lot of emotions that I wasn't dealing with, a lot of shit, and I woke up in out of a coma. I'm like, what the fuck happened in the last 13 years that yeah. brought me to here? You know, and then you, you just, yeah, it's mind-blowing. So I just, yeah, I was so inspired, so inspired to start living a different life, and I started mapping out what that looks like. And so – yeah. I'll, I'll get to where we are now with a little bit of speed, but I want to give people that context of the pain and the emotion and just the distraught that we all go through as human beings. You don't have to have a near-death experience because emotions are so powerful. Yeah. You know, a kid being left in the aisle as a little kid is just the same as someone getting a divorce when yeah. they're older. The emotion's the same. The situation's different, but the emotion's the same in the body. Yeah. Mm. You really have to respect how important emotions are. Mm. And so, yeah, it was an emotional trip for me. And then I got to this point where I wanted to change. I'm like, okay, I don't know how to do it, so I need new information. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start seeking out people. I was just naturally gravitating towards people that had what I wanted. Yeah. They were fit, they were healthy, they were stable in their minds, they were passionate, they were doing, they had their own businesses. Yeah. I was like looking at these people like jealous. I was like, man, that, that life looks epic. I want that. So I reached out to those people. You know, I did an internship with Christian Woodford in the in the uh, I was going to say in the Gold Coast down in Melbourne, and he was like just an, he was a elite strength conditioning coach with so much passion. He yeah. basically shoved a fire up my ass and was like, "Go and burn your own fire." And I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's that six months <laughs> accelerated. That was basically he just got that fire lit in me. Yeah, law of attraction, manifestation, energy, your expression, everything. It just comes down to your energetic vibe. Mm. Yeah, so bang, sweet. Moved on from Christian Woodfield. I didn't want to stay in Melbourne. I do have to always address this. Best thing I ever did because I met Nicola literally the week hmm. before I, I left Melbourne. So I let yeah. met. And after, and after, I'll give some context around this because some people don't understand this. After I woke up out of the coma, I was like, I'm cold turkey. I'm not sleeping with chicks. I'm not drinking. I'm not taking drugs. I, it's all me. Yeah. I'm going so deep into myself with knowledge and awareness and, and understanding so that I can be the best me. Yeah, fully Literally, reconnect. I, I didn't meet one girl. I met a lot of girls in Melbourne. It was like I was wearing shit odour or something though because I was just repelling. <laughs> it was like <laughs> none of them were interested. <laughs> it was literally it was so funny. I was like, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't have picked up a chick if I tried. Yeah. I, was so, I was just being my standard self, nice and friendly, but it was just like, yeah, cool. I'm wasn't like, oh, on interesting. Your, yeah. yeah, it just wasn't on my wasn't, I, wasn't my vibe. Mm. I was just studying, listening to podcasts and reading and journaling, doing everything, trying to boost my knowledge. And literally, so I was training F45 as a head coach there in Melbourne. And this girl was on this trial. And the, the minute she walked in, I was like, there's this t- attraction. 
You felt the aura. It was yeah. like it was like <laughs> the most wild thing in my brain and my body. It was like I was vibrating, but I was really calm, mm. and I was like getting took like sucked towards it. It was like the universe was pulling us together. It was the most hectic attraction I've ever had. <laughs> and at the start, it was full lust. Yeah, like, she's okay. got beautiful legs, her calf muscles, <laughs> her hair, her smile. She's gorgeous. I, I'm absolutely gorgeous. She's the love of my life. Anyway, so we started we we started seeing each other because she had that same attraction with me, and then it was just a fling at the start. Like, yeah, whatever. She had just come out of a relationship a couple of months ago. It was like, yep, yeah, cool. I'm never going to see this guy again. This is just an awesome lust mm. story. Anyway, I was like a couple of days in, I'm like, oh, by the way, I'm um, I'm moving back to Queensland next week, and she's like, oh, hectic. Like, what do we do? <laughs> and I'm like, dun, dun, dun. I, and, I, and I was like, I I actually really like you. I would like to continue mm-hmm. seeing you. And I don't know how we'll make it happen, but I've got, I'm like, I'm hooked on you. And she was the same. She's like, yeah, let's, let's do long distance. So anyway, I moved back and we did long distance for a bit and, or nine months, but it was really hard. It was, it was quite shit. We nearly broke up at the end of it. And then she, she challenged, I said, I don't want to let you down anymore. I don't know how much we can, time we can spend together long distance. And it's really hard to do over the phone. Yeah. Uh, And she said, well, I actually love you and I want to stay with you. So if you think you can commit to this, let's just make it happen. Yeah. And it was a hard night because we had that like deep conversation of like, are we going to commit to this challenge? Yeah. Are we committing to each other? And, you know, for the first time, I had so much fear around commitment. I had of never course, I'd been only had yourself. twice in my life. Love, like I told girls I loved them and they were like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, <laughs> so I had like that whole fear and preconceived judgment in myself of like you can't actually be loved or love anyone properly they're going to stamp on you yeah and i was like fuck it this feels so good it's challenging but it feels so right and so Mm. we continued it and she actually decided to move up to queensland and then yeah on that journey i had also met keegan smith and doing a deep intensive like mentorship with him for coaches and around it was like exposing me to like breath work and you know mobility and nutrition and mindset and all this stuff spirituality and like i'm like whoa this is so much more than like i wanted to be a professional coach this is so much more than i expected it's like a full holistic mentorship and yeah he that kind of inspired me to not be a coach because i was at with christian in melbourne doing the the sports science thing because i wanted to be a a professional sports and conditioning coach for a team like i wanted to work for a rugby league or something and I quickly learned that that's not the environment I want to be in because mm. it's very dogmatic and there's a lot of kind of old paradigms in there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know what, I just want to work with people and I want to show them a better way of living of what I'm doing currently. So Jim makes sense. So we started Exalto Holistic Hub with the, the confidence and the backing of the group in real movement. And, yeah, Nicola and I just decided let's just go all in. She had full faith in me. I had full faith in myself. And we went hard with it. And it was really challenging at the start because we were absolutely rookies. Something so new as well. Yeah, it's creating a a completely new experience. Mm. Yeah. So it's been an amazing journey. And now we're at a position where we have multiple businesses. I live every day peacefully, joyfully, and full of energy, Mm. contributing to people, being passionate, speaking my truth, like not holding back on my emotions or my beliefs. And I say this all the time, life is now what I want it to be. Yeah. Life is exactly the way I want it to be. Yes, 
I desire different things. Yes, some things go wrong, but this is exactly how I love life. Yeah. And I'm at a point where challenges of growth, as, as hard as they can be, challenges are meant for me. They'll help me grow. Yeah. And the highs, I'm going to stay grounded and appreciate and be grateful. I'm not going to get caught in the head, head in the clouds, which I've done a few times and you come crashing down. Mm. So I've learned to be that little kid who is that superhero archetype and just loving life who had his head in the clouds because little kids are emotional. They're just full, fully bought in. Now I've learned to live my life and fully manifest the good and mm-hmm. enjoy it but stay grounded and appreciate it and be grateful for the highs. But then when the lows come along, not to get too down on myself. Yeah. Just it, this too will shall pass. Yeah. And just be and just know that the universe has got your back. Mm-hmm. You know, I would never change any of that all the, that pain, that challenge, all that adversity in my younger life because it got me exactly to here and to who I am today and I'm so proud of myself but even more so I'm, I, I accept myself fully and I love my expression of whatever, spirit, consciousness, yeah. energy, human nature. I'm, I'm so content with myself and yes, I've still got so much work to do which I'm so inspired to do but I honestly can say that the work I've done in the last five years since waking up out of that coma – has absolutely changed my perspective on life. And I'm That's so amazing. grateful to meet people like you and just, just fuck, life is good. That's so good. I think it's so important for you to be on this journey too, you know what I mean? And it's awesome that you're committing to the growth. It's like you're not done. Mm. It's that thing of like you've got to hear and you're, you're not done and that's so important mm. for people to embrace, you know, like keep growing, keep learning. And I think just like even listening – you talk about exalto and like doing it with nicola like i've never really i've like just sitting back and listening to you as well it's like the first time that you kind of did something with someone else on such a grand scale you know like you were very much committed to your growth and you know bettering yourself and so a massive commitment and commitment to you mm. to well, be able to and, do and that to and her, share she quit that her job. yeah so she, 100%. Was, she was on a salary in melbourne she had she had the house. Oh, she was about to buy a unit in Melbourne. Yeah. She was like fully like career was locked in. She's she's stable. She was looking after like all these restaurant lines in Melbourne. Wow. Was like their marketer and was fully managing them. Like solid job for the Lucas Group. And um, yeah, it was like I'm gonna follow this guy to to Queensland because it yeah. feels right. And then she yeah quit her job, so quit the safety of their salary. And we were broke. Like we were finding fifty cents, two dollars in the couch to get you know, vegetables Yeah, for the first, you know, it was, she sacrificed and had, had sacrificed so much for the life that we've created today. Yeah. For the freedom that we're creating. And I just commend her so much on that because she's also come from her family has, has wealth. Mm-hmm. And so she was, she was used to that and then stepping into being broke and I've never, I've never been wealthy, but wealthier yeah. than I am today. So I was used to being broke, but for her it was a full on challenge mm. and you know, we had a lot of stuff to work through together. And I've always believed in myself. I know I'm going to have an, an immense amount of wealth. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be abundant because of my service and contribution to people. It just comes naturally. Mm. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's some hard work and some great things to build and some great contribution and, and, and enjoy that journey. Yeah. So I've always been centered in myself and believe that I can do it. But for her, she had to really come on the journey and, and take that step back. But now we're... Oh, it's 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 nice, and we still got a lot to do. But you know, we got a couple of businesses that are, are rolling, and and we have a, we spend every single day together, unless yeah. we have something like this, and we work together. We have our our pooch there, 
And it's just it's beautiful. I've I've never met someone that I want to be with twenty four seven. Yeah. Well, there's power in that seeing you see each other. Mm. It's not just like a standard relationship where it's you know you you properly see each other for who you are and trust trust in each other and trust in the journey and that's in, it's so important and that's why yeah like it's so interesting to hear your story and just how much impact not only you on yourself have had but the other people around you too oh abs i would not be here today if i did on my own mm. it's that simple we, no one would no one would that we wouldn't be anywhere without the yeah. other people in our life yeah and it does, but it does come from that. And it's it's funny because the other day I was having a conversation with someone. I was reading something about doing things by yourself and how it's a massive. Oh, I want to choose my words right. It's a massive, um, not weakness, but downfall as well, and a trauma response to think I don't need anyone else. Where does it come from? Do you mm. know where it comes from? Where does that paradigm come from? Well, it's. In my mind, how I see it is like because I've had a similar experience to you with losing, uh, like my parents broke up and losing a parent, and it's like I always had that mindset of I don't need anyone because it's a it's a you've been rejected or you've been abandoned, and it's like if I don't rely on anyone else, nothing bad can ever happen to me, mm. and it's just a full disregard for other people in your life, for anyone else, any other experience apart from your own. And it's like, but it is a trauma response. It's it's a way for you to protect your heart, protect yourself from being hurt again. Yeah. And it's it's hard. And I know so many people with that. And it, it sucks because it's like, it's a powerful transition to go through, to notice that you're going through that, to go through that in itself and then come out the other side or just even just get to that point where you're noticing, hey, I'm reacting this way because I'm coming from a fear, a fear mindset or a, or a fear paradigm. Mm. But yeah, it is so... It's so saddening that it's so common now. It's so common from for a multitude of different reasons, but obviously, yeah, from when we're kids and you know we're taught, it's like you've got to you've got to do this yourself. But in that message from parents and in that message from people, where it's like your life is your responsibility, without giving you the stepping stones of how to really embrace that, it pushes you more so into the side of holy shit, I'm so scared, like, this is all up to me, you know, and then it prevents us from asking help. There's so many different role-on effects from that, and I think it's so important to, yeah, speak about. To open yourself up to mm. it as well, you know, and don't be closed off to help. And I, I've heard a lot of this, and it's so common in our modern world because most of us go through the standard education system, the schooling system. Mm. What does school teach you to do to pass? Do be- it on your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get tested on our own. Yeah. You, and that's where get, your level is too. If you can't tested, pass the test, we don't then. Get tested as a collaboration. Yeah. Mm. You get tested individually and you're not allowed to cheat. But cheating at school is basically just asking for help. Yeah. You know, obviously copying someone. But if we know, like, that's their whole model is just repeat, 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 and then cram it and then test it. Like, mm. it's the exact, exact model. If you want a kid to learn, just get them to copy something 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I know and I know people are challenged, like, oh, you know, you should be tested on your own. It's like 
life doesn't happen on your own. Mm. If you're going to pull a bus up a hill, you're not going to do it on your own. You're going to yeah. fucking call your mates. You're going to pull this. Yeah. And also, there's different strengths, different strengths and weaknesses too. Mm. You know, it's like, and even in that example, like pulling a bus up a hill, it's like there's going to be some people that have a better push strength, some people have a better pull strength. So it's like you need people exactly. at both ends. Mm. And, and so like, the, the minute you decide to open yourself up to help, it'll just pour in. Mm. There are so many people around you that want to support you that you haven't invited to support you. Mm. Mm. And you've got to drop the e- and you've also got to drop the ego because the ego wants to see I did this on my I, 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 I'm the champion. I did it. I figured it out. I'm a fucking legend. <laughs> it's so true. Instead of saying, oh, we like I got a lot of help. You know? We did it. Yeah. yeah. And and being super grateful for the people around you. Yeah. I experienced yeah. it just recently with the, you know, the fundraising event that I did. Like I did the majority of it on my own because, again, like I, I felt a contraction within my body to actually reach out for help. It could be the perfectionist within me. Like I know I asked a couple of people for help and they didn't come through and so maybe like that gave me like a trauma response straight off the bat to go, if mm. I, they can't do Rejection. it, I gotta, yeah, I got to do it myself. Yep. Um, but I remember like speaking to Ailish at the night and I said, all I know is I'm never fucking doing this again on my own. Like mm-hmm. I need more people with me because it yeah. was, it was hard. Yeah. What then, company do you want to work with? Or you just got the job for. Oh, so I'm, yeah, I'm now going to be working alongside Mercy Ships as like yeah. an ambassador. So they're going to be asking. one guy running that thing? <laughs> no, no, there's not. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like you need a team of you know, men, women, all yeah. whatever it is, bring them together. Strengths, weaknesses. Let's, let's really make a difference here. You know, if you think about these incredible people, like you know, who've made a difference, Richard Branson, Gary V, all these people that you know we can look up to in the world, mm. who, are, who are on the stage, they got a team behind them. They got a huge team, mm. yeah, huge team behind them. So stop trying to live on your own. Stop trying to live it and do it by yourself. Open yourself up to community, and that's mm-hmm. why the tribe can be so powerful. Like, I can't tell you how many connections that are made through just our tribe at Exalto. Yeah. Like, random shit. You know, like, just people who are like, oh, you know, I'm speaking to so-and-so and they helped me out with this and, you know, and we've created this and we're doing this and all that, you know. It's so, so cool. Mm. And it's it's really about, I think we're, we're lacking this in the current society with the divisiveness that's going on and the fear that's driven out of people of connection and actual connection p- personal, not just over over online or whatever. And not being able to reach out to people and really make a strong connection. And I do think that with all of this shit going on, we're going to come back into tribes. Mm. And, you know, a tribe, it's known that tribes used to, they couldn't get over about 150 people. Once yeah. they got towards 300, they'd actually split. So there'd be two people that Different usually, factions of the tribe. Be, yeah, yeah. Be two people that usually have opposing views and then the tribe would kind of like split to who they resonated with the most yeah so these groups of like 150 to 200 people in in collective groups now people can get all oh it's a cult yeah it's like, well, right, well you can join the channel seven cult and sit there and, and tune into your tribe every night if you want <laughs> i know i want to be with people every day who want to be healthy who thrive who yep. are passionate who support each other who yep. want to connect and just enjoy being around each other that's the kind of tribe i'm going to be a part of you can be on the mainstream media cult and be like yep push this push that pull this i believe in this that's cool if you want to do that that's absolutely sweet but i do think we're going to come back to communities because right now we're being driven apart and it's all becoming belief systems are driving and as a massive a massive wave of dejection 
and lack of acceptance of other people's views and beliefs and we're slowly getting separated. Mm. But there is huge groups of people that want to be connected. Everyone wants to be connected. And so when you find your group, connect, tune in and, and, and welcome it. Really, we're learning really, so yeah. much now about that. I think it's the first time in our lives that, and, and I've spoken to my mom and I've spoken to, you know, older generations of people and it's the first time in our lives we've been really properly disconnected. Mm-hmm. You know, 100%. We've, we've, we've had to go through all this stuff with lockdowns and not being able to talk to people. It's like, you know, my majority of my family lives in England. I haven't seen them in forever because i can't it's like yeah okay on zoom or facetime or whatever but it's just not the same and it's like Mm -hmm. the the energy associated with proper connection has become so apparent and the lack of it and the effects that that has is so apparent now and it is causing a lot but i I do want to touch on as well you know it's so important to connect with people and we did talk about trauma and i want to ask a question in order to connect, in order to get help or to ask for help, you have to be open. Yeah. Do you think that people's past traumas inability to be open stems from negative, stems from the inability to deal with negative emotion? The past experiences have conditioned them to be closed. Mm. Yeah, and so, so why do I think people are closed and can't open up? Is that kind of like the question? Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm also I also want to know your view on. Do you th- I guess the crux of the question is we struggle to deal with negative emotions as a, a human race. You know, we all. It's kind of like that's the thing we repel. We don't want it. It's like no, no. I don't want to feel like that. I don't want to feel like make, that. I understand that, but that that's also a narrative. Mm, mm. So we don't want to tell that narrative that as humans we struggle because we don't. When we get the tools. Correct. We completely can navigate it. Mm. But being open, being open to experiencing those emotions for what they are, do you think that? I think it comes back to what you said, Jordan. It's conditioning, right? Yeah. So I think it's a lack of education, and Mm -hmm. it's also the indoctrination of what's currently our results. So Mm -hmm. if we look at the statistics, if we look at the results of mental health, the challenges that we're seeing, the, the incredible amount of damage to people's mental health. You know, suicide rates, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, all that kind of stuff. Mm. All we've got to look at is what's getting us there. Okay, so nothing nothing just happens. So there's a pathway that's got our society to that. So let's look at the pathway. Let's not look at, okay, we're depressed, we're anxious, right, cool. That's just the result. Mm. What are the actions, the beliefs, the behaviors that have got us to there, right? So there's, there's so many narratives, you know, boys don't cry, Suck it up, do it, do it alone. Mm. You know, you'll be right. You know, whatever. Like, it, there's so many narratives that we need to break down. Yeah. But underlying that, we also need to give people tools. So when you experience grief, when you experience a depressive state, you aren't depressed as a person. You are experiencing depression. Mm-hmm. So let's first change the story. Mm-hmm. I'm not an angry person. I am experiencing anger. Yeah. As soon as you label that identity yourself, fuck, that's a heavy sticker and it's very, it's like those stickers you can't get off something, you get pissed off when you're trying to scratch it mm. off. <laughs> it's just a sticker. Stop labeling yourself. It's an emotion that we experience. It's not your identity. You might yeah. think it's your identity because you're so conditioned into it that your bodies are now addicted to it, mm. but it's literally just an emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah? So if you are depressed, you have a 
copious or abundant amount of depression in your life that's happening. It's like a chemical addiction. So if we teach people how to reduce stress in their lives, first of all, they're, they're so jacked up, their nervous system's so tight and tired and bound with like tension and, and you know, the jaws locked up, the traps are tight, the shoulders were kyphotic, posture's shit. Okay, so let's look at, first of all, releasing stress out of the body. So let's, mm. let's do stress. So let's work on getting into parasympathetic states. How do we get into parasympathetic states? Well, the most simple way to do that is breathing. So first of all, most people in our world, majority of people aren't breathing right yep. for great mental health. So if we, we know, the study shows now, if you breathe into your belly, diaphragmatic breathing, and you lengthen your exhales, you will reduce stress. Mm-hmm. You regulate your hormones. You will regulate your emotions because your mind calms down. You ease tension out of the body. So that's, an, that's a longer exhale if you're breathing into your belly. Most people breathe into their chest, mm. which is a stress response. So cool. You have this vision of who you want to be, but you're still breathing into your chest and it's creating tension. So let's, first of all, let's just get everyone breathing in their belly. Learn to breathe better. If you do 10 of those, you'll start to feel your shoulders relax. All right. So breath work can help so much. Yeah. Kids should be taught how to breathe properly when they experience emotions. Mm. So one thing that I now, I we coach kids at Exalto, I've had some serious, some serious shit go down. Kids smacking into the pole, smacking head, bleeding, cuts, all kinds of shit. The kids just lose their shit up. Ah! Yeah. All right. First thing I do with them, I don't tell them what to do because it's their journey, but I just look them in the eye and I breathe deeply. I say, just breathe. Just breathe. Just breathe. You don't need to, um, you don't need to, into, uh, what's the word for it? Shit. I'm trying to think. You're just replicating exactly how I acted the first time we did an ice bath together. That sounded like, imitate, that's the word. Oh, Imitating yeah. me the first time we did an ice bath together because I had that response. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you, if you, match their energy if you mirror their energy they're just you're just reinforcing the fear yeah. and the stress and the anxiety so show them what is going to help them so breathe deeply in, and you can do this as an adult as well if, if you're ever in a bad situation just look them in the eye or just hold them like in a safe way give them support and you even breathing their yeah, nervous system it. Their nervous system can feel your calm. Yeah. If you grab them in, like, think about this. If a paramedic came into someone having you know, an episode or whatever in the house, it was like, holy shit, quick, oh, <laughs> oh my God, oh shit. The person, the family are going to, whoa, 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 this guy's losing it. Yeah. It changes the vibration of everyone, yeah. Mm. Paramedics, first responders are taught to come in nice and calm, keep their breath, their tone low. Diffuse the whole situation diffuse first. Diffuse the whole energy. Yeah. Diffuse the energy first. You yeah. can't change the situation Whatever's happened to the body or whatever, you can't just just chill. So let's just bring the energy down. Mm. All right, we do this with kids. So let's first get people into a calmer state. Yeah. All right, by simply teaching people to be calm, I believe there is so much benefit in their life, their mental health, their body, the relationships, everything, just from entering a calm state. Yeah. You can't meditate. I can't. Me- I can't sit still. My mind's just racing. This is. I can't do it. I can't do it. Cool, let's start with breath work because breath work will calm you down. You don't even have to meditate. You enter a meditative state when you breathe properly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got the breath nice and controlled. So now as we start to create more stillness, we can start to understand our mind better, under- listen to our bodies better. We're not mm-hmm. distracted or caught up. 
cool. So breath work, start to understand, get into those meditative states where we've got space to listen. And so many people get so caught up on not wanting to feel something, but it's going to happen. You know, last year I watched my brand new puppy get run over by a car and his head squished in front of me. It was the most traumatic experience I've had. Mm. And Nicola was there of something in real life, watching it die. And, you know, it was, it was heavy. It was honestly heavy. And unfortunately, Nicola, like it was very emotional and and she, she did react to it. And so my, I knew my role was to be super calm. Mm. And so as soon as I saw him laying on the road and he's, you know, he's, he was squished. His brain was coming out the other side. He was bleeding out. And I, I just put my arms under him, picked him up gently and slowed my breathing down. I said, okay, we've got to get to the vet. We just got in the car and I could feel Nick's breath. <laughs> and I just, babe, just, let's just slow our breathing down. Mm. If, if he's with us right now, let's just give him a, a great energy to be with. Yeah. Mm. And I felt his body. He was stressed when I picked him up, <laughs> short of breath, and he just started fully lengthening his exhale i could feel his body just calming Mm. and i got so connected with him in that moment and he did pass on the way to the vet so we didn't even get him to the vet but he had about four minutes of super calm breathing he was even looking at me in the corner of his eye looking Mm. up and i was just looking at him i said you're right buddy you're right and i was just stroking his head and just nice and calm and he passed in a peaceful way (laughs) i'm like crying yeah it's it's not an experience that, you, that we would like to experience. Mm. But I've proven to myself time and time again, my breath helped me navigate that experience yeah. from a calm position, not from a stressed and overwhelmed and anxious and angry and frustrated. But you know what? It was heavy and I wouldn't have wished it upon anyone, but my journey through that grieving process, through that like, two weeks and continuing on when, when the emotions come back up, I'm so connected to him and I'm so connected to myself that I can navigate these emotions much easier. Yeah. And I literally, my breath holds me, keeps me grounded. It keeps me safe. And it's so important. I think we really need to anchor into that, that leverage that our breath has Mm. and people just aren't aware of it. So let's correct people's breath work, you know, patterns, give them the tools and knowledge and the empowerment to breathe in situations and you'll see it if you're with a kid or you're with someone else don't even tell them just start breathing slow yourself and their nervous system will go oh oh, oh, that's what i want i'm going to start slowing down Mm. and then you could guide them hey let's just do some deep slow breathing and then you can assess it once they're coming into a calm state Mm. all right so we got the breath work down pat now we're starting to learn that we can calm the body maybe we can sit still because sitting still is a beautiful way to experience the function of the mind. Because guess what? Every single human being walking on this planet has the same mind. Mm. Not the same brain. Brains differ. But the mind is the psyche. So it's like the thoughts. We have on average 60,000 thoughts a day. Just That's what the conscious mind's doing. Racing. Two million stimuli coming into our bodies and our senses every second so there's a lot to process Mm. so don't judge yourself for having lots of thoughts accept it that's the human mind that's the that's what differs us from animals and gives us these incredible 
resources that we've built, used, manifest, all this stuff. Mm. So be very, very grateful for the mind, for the immense power and potential in it. But that comes with great responsibility. Yeah. So you've got to take responsibility for your mind. It is your responsibility. No, I can't change your mind for you. I can give you the avenue, the tools, the resources, and the the experience and the space to do it, but you've got to do the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'd speak to people about meditation, and meditation is something that I've worked on. Even when I started, I tried to do like the whole year, 20 minutes every day. I failed at that. I tried to do like a month challenge. I failed at that. I've tried tried lots of times to do that whole dogmatic wake-up, meditate every day. Yeah. Now I my goal is to live more in a meditative state. Mm-hmm. So I actually want to get my whole life more meditative and I use breath work to do that. So whenever I'm feeling a little bit stressed or feeling a bit caught up or whatever, I just go and back, back to breath work and I bring my nervous system back down. And my days are so calm now. Even yeah. when shit's hitting the fan, COVID, fuck, rah, rah, lockdown, whatever, just keep calm. You, you, you being distraught and distressed doesn't help anyone. Yeah. So let's keep calm. Yep. Then once you're in a calm nervous system, you can start to meditate easily. Okay, so we've done the work, breath work, calming. Now when I sit, I think about it like this. Like if you're looking out a window and you're looking at a branch and there's a beautiful tree outside, it might be raining, it might be sunny, whatever you – doesn't matter. Weather can be whatever it wants. And this bird flies along, lands on the branch. It might hang around for a little bit. Maybe it starts pecking and making some noise. Maybe it sits there and it's beautiful and then just flies off. Maybe it hangs around. Maybe two birds come and they're playing with each other. So you've got two thoughts in your mind. I like, this, I like this analogy. This is cool. So all we do when we meditate is we watch thoughts come in, go out, land on the branch. They might fly right past, gone. They might hang around for a bit. And you start to recognize which birds you're trying to catch. Mm. You know, oh, oh, I like that one. I'm going to try and catch it. You're trying to attach to a thought. Or you can recognize your mind. Oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Yeah, that's me. Grab that bird. That bird doesn't want to be grabbed. It wants to be free. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do not attach to the, your thoughts. Do not attach to them. They are just birds flying around. And yes, we can, we can appreciate them. We can be grateful for it. But do not try and put that bird in a cage. Don't put your own thoughts in a cage. Let them be free. Use them for their power. Let them fly, you know, whatever. That's the way I think about meditation now. And yeah. some days, fuck, there's 50,000 birds flying around. Yeah. <laughs> and your mind's really busy. That's okay. It just means there's a lot going on. Yeah. Just recognize it. Use breath work if you have to. Calm yourself down and practice this next time you're meditating. Just, just you, you know, Viv spoke last week about the, the pictures in our mind. It's yeah. so critical. And just think, every time a thought comes in, picture it being a little bird and it just sitting on the branch. Mm. And the minute you attach that image, you'll just notice the thought's gone. You'll literally see it fly away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And this is how we can start to understand the function of our mind. We all have the same mind. 60,000 of those little birds just living free every day. Some of them would be bigger, a bit scary sometimes. Some are a bit small, a bit funny. Some of it annoying, ding, 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 like woodpecker. Whatever it is, it's just, just think about a bird. It's just mm. coming in, let it go. Fully in. <laughs> okay, here we go. I channel him all the yeah. time. <laughs> so, yeah, we can start to understand the mind now. Now, we, now we're now we not getting attached to our thoughts. Cool. 
Now we can actually start also, once we've calmed, now we can start painting really cool pictures or painting really cool birds. Okay, well, what birds would I like in my life more? Mm. Well, I would like this one. So I'm going to think about this bird a lot. I'm going to think about I am strong. 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 Now that bird's like you. Your mate that comes, flies in, sits on your arm whenever you want it to. Mm. You're not training it to yourself because that's attachment, which we don't want, but it loves hanging out with you. It's part of your being. I'm a strong person. Mm. Yeah. And when the weather's down, you know, rubbish, when it's really like moody, you don't want that weather, he could still come. I was going to say you can still call it. Yeah. yeah. Bird can still come. And you just get this awesome like range resource pool of your own creative mind. And then when bad thoughts come, okay, it's all good. It's just, a, it's just a bird. I've had some fucked up thoughts. I don't know about you guys, and I'll be completely transparent here, and it might scare people. I've thought about killing people. Mm, don't I'm going to <laughs> I wanna kill that motherfucker. <laughs> you know, like not actually like, yeah, clean, like going and, and, and murdering them. Yeah. But, you know, I've had thoughts when someone's pissed me off, like I would fucking kill you if I had the chance. And I'm like, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. That was a that was a crazy thought. Yeah, well, mm. where'd that yeah. come from? <laughs> but it's a thought, and yeah. we have super to, tr- super trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Ancestral also yeah, so yeah. Trouble. survival patterns, right? Yeah. Like you are pissing me off in my life. I would be better off without you. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean you're going to take action on it, mm. and unfortunately, some people do. Yeah, you have to realize those people were also trying to catch that bird. They're super attached to it, and they're so caught up on that that image of their life being better without that person to mm. the point where they kill someone. That's so hectic. Yeah. yeah overwhelming but, emotions. Sometimes but you also too, start yeah. to understand other people. And that's the best thing about understanding yourself is you start to understand other people. Mm. And when you accept yourself, you start to accept others. And now we're in this state. We've breathed. We've calmed the nervous system. We're starting to understand our own mind and then we can step into all of these beautiful joys of life. We can ride the lows. We can be super grateful for them, for what they're teaching us. We can appreciate the highs when they come along. We can soak up good times with good people and be grateful. But life becomes, honestly, life becomes a lot easier. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's never going to be challenged. Doesn't mean there's, you're never, ever going to get stressed again. You're never going to get a challenge. Life's not going to throw a curveball. But, you know. Like Charlie Rock said, it's easy, baby. It's easy. Damn, you're reading my mind. Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> it's easy. Think about it. Sit there. Watch the tree. It's easy. Someone's like, watch these birds for 10 minutes. Cool. That's what you're doing in your meditation. Yeah. And you don't have to get perfect at this. Some days, those birds, you just don't even want to think about them. Sometimes mm. it's going to piss you off. Sometimes you can't do it. Just go for a walk instead. Yeah. But take the pressure off yourself to be perfect and start understanding tools that can help you alleviate the pain that you're experiencing in your life. Mm. And you'll get there. You will get there. People have come from worse positions of you and are living in abundance, happiness, freedom, passion, so much love, and they were in a lot worse position than you, Mm. and we're all experiencing the same emotions. So let's take power and empowerment out of those experiences and, and that display of other people doing it take inspiration to start working on yourself. Mm. Very important. I like that analogy. It's amazing. It's Yeah, it's cracker. That's so good. And so touching on that too, being able to watch your own thoughts, what do you think the effect of other people have on the mind as well? Because obviously we all have thoughts, right? Like Mm. you're saying, like that we have those birds. How – 
the more you know, like in my experience, it's like sometimes I can think thoughts that they're almost not mine. It's like they've come from yeah, somewhere else. They've been given to you. So what do you think the effect other what do you think is the effect that other people have on our minds? Wouldn't it be what you allow it to how you would allow it to affect you? Like Yeah, it's definitely and I mean the hardest thing about this, and this is the work we've all got to do, when we're kids, we don't have these tools unless we be, unless we get taught them. So unless mm-hmm. we're like consciously parenting kids unless we're consciously mentoring them and bringing them into this awareness early on. You know, Viv spoke about last week, zero to seven is your unconscious programs. So you didn't have those skills when you were you know, like a little grommy just running around, you know, playing. Someone said, oh, you're useless or, you you know, you're fat. You you can't do it. You can't do anything. You know, you don't know how to you, – you don't know that analogy of watching a bird. Mm. No one told you. So you go – well, someone older than me, and I've been taught to respect my elders. Yeah, yeah that's someone right. older than me, or someone of my, one of my peers, has just given me a thought, a label, and I don't know what to do with it. Apart, I don't know how to dissolve it or get rid of it or understand it. I don't know that they're maybe in pain. Yeah, I like the analogy you use as a sticker because then, like from them saying it, it's almost like you as a kid, without even realizing, you're putting that sticker to your name because mm. you don't know otherwise. I was like. <laughs> I was wondering why you guys are so deep in conversation. I'm like sitting back here, like, shit, am I going to be able to say anything? You're still playing footsies and full combo. You touch something and you don't know if it was a person. And then you're like, like, I don't know, it's definitely a person. (laughs) So, yeah, I think think as as kids, we've got to realize we have so Think about between zero and seven, how how many millions of times would someone have said something? that wasn't optimal for your performance or your mental health. Oh, heaps. Yeah, you know, and it can just be a joke. And this is why I'm very careful with what I joke about, mm. even with my mates. I don't I've I used to be fully bought into the banter, banter where you, you break someone down as a joke. Mm. The Aussie Spoken culture. About this before, yeah. I was yeah. fully bought in. Mm. Fuck, I could go toe to toe with hammering, but in on the inside I was also hurting with everything they were saying. Yeah. A joke is not a joke. It's, it's language that goes into someone's brain and if they are at all insecure about it, it reinforces the sticker in their unconscious mind. So it's strengthening their insecurities and it's making them more more susceptible to those emotions deep mm. down. You don't know it. You know, you could, I could say to you, you're useless mm. and you're just like, yeah, whatever, brush it because your, your subconscious is not insecure about that. Mm. But I say, you know, something that, you know, oh, you're not loved and you go, oh, fuck. And your yeah. and your unconscious goes, damn, he got me where I'm hurting. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, it's so wild that we're not taught the power of our language mm. because little kids don't. They just throw words around like they're jokes. They don't understand it yet. And so, hundred percent. It's so. It's it's actually outrageous how. And that's why, like, yeah, in school, school is so hard for people oh. because it's like, yeah, we don't have that education. Yeah, I honestly remember. It's like just sparked a thought in me. I remember like being a kid and it was like I was in high school, so you kind of like that peak, like just who am I? What am I doing? Who are my friends? And it's like I'm having a fight with this girl because I was so angry. And she said to me like, oh, it was epic. She was like, (laughs) I don't remember what we were fighting about something. And she was like, oh, like you don't even have any real friends. Everyone just feels bad for you because your dad's dead. And it was like that thought lingered with me for so long. And it took me so long to like understand that like that's why – I never – there was obviously other issues, like, from my childhood that allowed me to have this persona of, like, I don't need anyone. But it was honestly, like, a fear mechanism. It's, like, I genuinely thought that no one 
actually liked me. Mm. And I was like. Because of what she said. Yeah. And she probably didn't even mean it. Mm. This is the thing. Usually all she's doing is swimming in a pack of people and yeah. she's drowning and she's going, I can push Ailish down to, to get, get a breath above of water here. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I've got some leverage. That's a strong hand. I'll just push that down and get to me above water. Yeah. And I use this analogy with the kids all the time and any human because it makes sense. Hurt people hurt people. Mm. Yeah. Hurt people hurt people. So if you are in a position of love, compassion, abundance, you are not going to hurt someone else. Yeah. You're just not going to do it. There's no need to. Why would you? Mm. You're only going to see love. Even even if someone, and I've practiced this, even if someone is hurting, trying to hurt you, you respond with love. Yeah. And it dissolves it straight away because they get a different response. Mm. So if someone is hurting you and lashing out at you, understand they're in a position of pain. Mm. They're in a de- defense mechanism and a survival mechanism. And we have to be really aware of that. When, when, that's, when we're aware of that, we can heal the world. Mm. Hundred percent. Because we aren't retaliating anymore. We're supporting. We don't condone the behavior. Oh, that's great work. Good work. <laughs> but you're supporting them, saying, "Hey, maybe you're hurt right now. Or you're in a position where you need some some support. support." Yeah, I'm here for you. You can say whatever you want to me, but I understand you might be hurting. So I'm I'm, I'm here for you. Yeah. And thank you for expressing that emotion. Would you like Would you like help, or do you need me? Or like you know, that's a completely different world. Yeah, 100%. Obviously, if someone's like trying to kill your family, you're not going to be like... I love you, dude. Yeah, like, like there, there's, a, there's self-defense, self-preservation yeah. as well, which is our survival tribal techniques. But Well, it molds to each level of of, of issue or each level of frequency. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's important to just have that knowledge yeah. so that you can then adapt and change it to the situation that you're in. Yeah. Well, it's like I'm very vocal on Instagram about my beliefs mm. around all of this stuff and... Some people feel the need to tell me that I am maybe an imbecile mm. or I'm unintelligent or I'm not that smart. You know, they have all these, all these comments. Yeah, a lot of worse course. Than them. <laughs> a lot more colourful language. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, when they feel the need to reach out, I respond with, thank you. And it, that ultimately, first of all, it goes, fuck, like he's not affected by this. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, they're entitled to their beliefs, but I'm not going to accept their sticker that they're trying to slap on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah? It's I, have my, I have my own beliefs. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because Matt Philippi and I were talking about this this morning and literally the same thing has happened to him. Like he's been getting roasted about something he posted and he just met them with love and said, look, I really appreciate you reaching out to me and, and putting forward your view. He said, but I don't feel like those words were necessary, but I just want you to know like I, I appreciate you. And it like triggered this person even more, yeah. hey. Well, and they kept see, going harder at him. He's like, look, I don't think people. it's needed. Like, Yeah, it's also it's also that, like we're talking about sentience, right? So we're talking about our ability to step behind our thoughts or in front of them for a better way of saying it. And and ca- not catching them, but just noticing them as something that we don't have to define with. And I think when we see ourselves and then when we also see other people, like in these heated situations where you may be sharing a view that it's – you know, kind of on the one end of the spectrum and someone sitting on the complete opposite side. It's like by it's really healthy to act in that way of compassion because it not only allows you to stand your ground in like a sovereign way, but it also allows 
the capacity for someone else to have an opinion and then also to be able to change their opinion yeah, as well. Yeah, to be well. called out on it. Yeah, and it's it, if you're if you're allowing yourself to accept another opinion, not necessarily agree with it, don't have to agree with it, but it's like accept someone else's opinion, it opens them up to a world where they can also do that as well. Mm. So it's like yeah, it's it's good to to approach it with that energy because I do I do struggle with all this stuff going on at the moment. Um, with do you? Yeah, no, well, just repeat that. Yeah, <laughs> I oh, it's hard to word it in a way, but I. How would you like to navigate it? Tell me how you would like to navigate it. Mm, it's hard because it's like I don't actually struggle. Hard? I just getting it's easy. To say what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Take a breath and think about it. like the, the, this is the, like my mentors do this to me all the time. Just pull you up. Just say I'm giving you space right now to tell the story that you desire. So how would you like to navigate all of this at the moment? I appreciate being able to see people's different perspectives in this time. And I appreciate being able to sit in a place where I can just observe it. And it has allowed me to really open myself up on another level to allowing others to have any experience that they want. It's such a heated time. It's confusing. It's very confusing. confusing. And it's, it is a blessing in a sense to it, – it, not in a sense. It is a blessing for me to be able to sit and not have to feel like I need to take sides because you do become exposed to this – crazy transition where people are moving more into a way of understanding others. It might be taking people longer than some or people might be very resistant to the idea of having to understand someone else's point of view, but there is still this movement of people understanding other people as different, as having different views. And I think it's so powerful for us to be experiencing this. Mm. Because it just opens us up to ourselves as well. Yeah, I think about... Thanks also for letting me recoup. <laughs> My pleasure. I think it's so important and you know, I don't do that in a threatening way. Mm. I just give people the space because I, I have appreciated my mentors giving me the space to rewrite my story. Yeah. And I still you know, make mistakes in my language because our you know, insecurities can creep up or you know, mm. our unconscious kind of the paradigm sneak up. And when we're giving those chances with each other in a safe space to re- rewrite our story, wow, that's powerful. Yeah, mm. you, can be, you can get specific on it just yes. like you did then. Mm. And so you've told your brain and your psyche, your mind, how you want to navigate this. Mm. So that's a good intention to journal on, to repeat until that's deep down in there where it's not hard to navigate it. It's not challenging. It's not. It's easy. And I, I appreciate the space to accept other people's opinions and stay grounded in myself. And you just repeat it until it becomes second nature. And that and what, that whole thing of like second nature just means it's unconscious. So yeah. It's in your unconscious mind. So if anyone listened to Viv's podcast, they'll understand how much control that has over your conscious mind. Yeah, definitely. So let's just repeat it until it becomes second nature, which means it's our unconscious thoughts, our beliefs. And then we live from the, those foundations. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's brought up uh, something that my current mentor, Paul, made me really aware of. So we do this, we did this evaluation and it's, it's like a 200 question evaluation it takes, you know, it took me about two hours, but Nick did it in about 40 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and 
I like different to, people. I like to think yeah. my questions through a little bit, and she was like, "Bit does 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 does," and it gives you this analysis of how you've been conditioned by society and experiences and past beliefs and everything, and how you now look at the structure of life, and so it's everything from relationships, societal norms, orders, you know, hierarchy, power, love, compassion, synergy. It's like a f- it's called spiral dynamics. Mm. Write that down. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And it literally gives you this whole insight into why how your unconscious works. Wow. It's a really in-depth. You have to do it with a proper facilitator. Like you can't just do it. You've got to do it with someone. So you do that with Paul? Yeah. Yeah, and sick. He brought me to the point that I was I was very polar polaristic in my thought patterns. Interesting. Now, the world is currently driven from polarity. Oh, 100%. Right, wrong, white, black, light, dark. Salt, pepper. Salt, pepper. (laughs) You know, this whole thing of it's either this or that, you don't sit on the fence. Mm. What that creates is divisiveness because you have to choose a side and it also creates a a division from love. So Mm. that creates that big wedge. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, there's the other model of thinking, which is called multiplistic. So instead of right and wrong, it just is and everything is. Mm. So now when you think from a multiplistic point of view, you accept that other people will and can have an opposed view to you, but that doesn't make anything right or wrong. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Right? Like well, one of the most common things is like, Carnival vegan at the moment. Do you eat meat? Do you not? Is is global? Is climate change a thing? Is COVID real? Like all of these things Priorities, that we're experiencing, yeah. right? It's either black or white. Choose. Yeah. No. Pol- oh, even that. So even me saying no. So that's my multiplicity coming up. See how I like wanted to say that's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, I'll reframe it. Another way of looking at it, in a different perspective, is there you are just all opinions. Nothing's wrong, nothing's right. It's all built off values. It's all built on morals. It's all built on past experiences, conditioning, all of this. And there's lots and there's a multiple of views and opinions. And you can pick and choose. Now, it's not right or wrong. Is it right to eat meat? I don't know. For me, it, I work incredibly well. In my, I've been the healthiest I've ever been. The research I've consumed is that the world, the planet's not actually dying because of us eating meat. And I've just done that through my own research. Other people, I've got a, a mate who's vegan, absolutely disagrees with the whole thing, believes that eating meat's literally destroying the earth, climate change is going to destroy us, all this stuff. But that's okay because it's, it's his point of view. Mm. And my point of view is different. Are we still friends? Yes. It's all good. doesn't matter. Yeah. With our multiplistic views, we can actually just accept each other. Are we still a vibe? Do we still love? Do we still have fun? Yep. Cool. As soon as we do that, we allow so much potential for love and connection that goes so far past the ego. Because mm-hmm. I'm not telling you or you, you are right or wrong. I just see you and I accept you. Yeah. And if I don't value having you in my life, that's okay as well. That's just the point. I don't need to have that. But I also just have to be honest. Yeah. You know? Like, thank you for being you. But you're just someone I don't value being around. And do you feel that energy as well? Cool. If not, like, I understand that might be a challenge for you, but I need my own space. Yeah. I need my to be around different people. Mm. And, like, 
Paul just blew my mind with this because I, I started catching myself even after he told me thinking something's right or wrong. People yeah. would say, you know, and you speak to old generation, oh, that's wrong, that's wrong, that, do it this way, uh, that's the wrong way to do it. Well, no, that's polarity <laughs> and every action is created with a reaction which gives a result. Mm-hmm. So it's never wrong or right. It's only going to create a result which you can learn from and grow from and accept and 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 really be empowered with your own knowledge. Sometimes you've got to make mistakes and sometimes you've got to allow people to make mistakes so they truly learn the lesson. Yeah. Would we like to be that saving grace that saves everyone from making those shitty decisions? Absolutely, but that's not how life's going to go because some people are going to do some stuff and they need to learn lessons. Nor is it your responsibility. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. And it's like, okay, now I can start navigating life from this multiplistic point of view and I even get it with the whole COVID stuff. You know, I have my view. I'm not saying it's right and I'm not saying other people are wrong. I just have my views and where my spirit feels best inside yeah. myself and my where I sit with it. I just had this same, like, I just had a conversation with a friend of mine, Mark, um, who's really knowledgeable. He's a dentist. Like, he's probably one of the smartest guys I know. And we just struck up a conversation last night. It's been going on since last night about everything that's going on. And I had to say to him straight off the bat, like, after within 20 minutes talking, I was like, can I firstly, like, say I appreciate you and I'm grateful for the fact that we can enter into a conversation like this that is not fueled with ego or judgment. Mm. And, like, him and I were actually able to trade you know, statistics and information. And yep. then we both sit there and go, fuck. Yep. Whoa. It's actually so cool to hear the other side without letting your ego then consume you Fine. being like, well, yep. fuck you. No, I don't agree with that shit. It was like, well, like you said, everyone's got a different opinion. And once we actually start moving into, what do you say? The word was a multi, multiplistic, multiplistic framework of like looking at things like, yeah, the love and connection, just no matter what the viewpoint is, it, it just, Binds it there and then. Mm. Like, yeah, we had a great conversation. Space for growth. You might you might be open up to a blind spot. You've never heard in, yeah. in your egos, never seen that information. You go, oh, well, I've never seen it from that point of view. And that's why I said yesterday on, on Instagram, would you could you ever say pepper and salt, or is it just salt and pepper because that's what you've grown up with? Mm. Whether you continue with it, could you just say, oh, can I have the pepper and salt, please? Someone at the table was like, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like the pepper and salt, please. You know? I want to talk about something too because it's a word that's come up a lot lately in, in here too is like the word ego and the connotations that it has with a multitude of different things. I'd mm. love to know both of your opinions on what ego is to you. Do you want to go first? You go first. I've done a lot of talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, only because I know he's so excited to talk about his ego. He's like, let's go, baby. <laughs> well, this is something that I've dealt with with a long time. Like, I remember I got sat down when I was 19 years old by a friend of mine, Dan Geddes, who's a part, who he was a pastor at Good Life Church. He now works um, at NCC. And at that point, I was really deep in my surfing career. And he turned around and said to me, like, straight to my face, he goes, You know why you're never going to succeed? So, why? He goes, You got too much ego. Fuck off. <laughs> what was that? My ego straight away, yeah, just like yeah. jumped to it. Um, and yeah, like I didn't really know what ego was. You know, I knew the terminology and everyone would speak about it. But then over the years to where I am now, you know, I now go through what, you know, my partner and I talk about all the time as being like an ego death. And like it's where my, my body and I'm, I'm retracting from something, but then I've just got to surrender and just let it just go because it's my ego trying to fight this feeling, whatever it may be. But then when I surrender and go, you know what, that doesn't serve me more and it like drops a wall down to then allow 
more love, more openness, more acceptiveness from other people's views to come in. Um, is there a time and place for ego? I'm still trying to work that out myself. Well, absolutely. Do you, think, I think, do I you think ego is negative? If you think, just off the bat, if you think about the word ego, yes. do you think negative? That's my knee-jerk reaction, yes. Yeah, society would say egotistical means bad. Yes. What if your ego drives you to contribute and serve the world and the planet, which in abundance and creates so much love? Mm. Right. What if that's the thing that gets you up and out of bed and, and helps you heal this planet? This is where I'm at. I'm at. Because it's been, it's something I've really had to deal with over the past couple of years. Because it's the it I had I used to use it in a very when I thought of ego, it was negative. I was always like, nope, ego, 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 because it was like that's how it's used predominantly in society. It's like you got a big ego or you got a yeah. bad ego. It's like a very negative thing, and I've just I've really come to accept it as. It's just part of being human. 100%. And like you say, it's like – and I love talking to people, like asking this question because it is really interesting to see how people view it. Yeah. I've never talked about it on a podcast. So. Mm. Yeah. It's, I, what's, your, what's your view? So I, I go to power, power versus force, mm-hmm. which is the work of David Hawkins. So the, he basically created kinesiology and has explained a lot of the energy work in the body. And – you think about something. If it if it's if you force someone to do something, what's the emotional response usually to being forced to do something? Resistance. Resistance. Resent. Frustration. I don't want to fucking do. This. Yeah, all yeah, low, low frequency. Yeah. yeah. If we're empowered. If someone gives us power to do something, how's it feel? Encouragement. Yeah. Strength. Empowered to do it. Yeah. Stepping into this freedom of choice. Yeah. Mm. So the, the, the ego can be very forceful or it can be very powerful. Divine, like the divine and shadow of the ego, right? Mm. And everything has two, you know, two, four. Anyway, everyone, everything <laughs> has a lot of sides. Yeah. There's a lot of ways of looking at everything. And, you know, it's important. What if we, you know, you met someone and said, wow, you've got a powerful ego mm. in, a, in a great sense. You've got a grounded ego. You've got a very well-connected ego. You are very well-connected to your ego. It serves you. I can see what you're doing for the world. It is incredible. Because your ego is ultimately what gets you out of the bed, that makes you be driven, focused, successful. Now, if we didn't have an ego, just kind of be like, <laughs> yeah, just kick back. I'm not going to do anything ever. You know, our ego does give us. It gives you drive. drive. Mm. So let's channel yeah. it. Let's channel our egos let's, and, and let's check it. When it's out of place, let's check it. Hey, mm. hey, 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 that wasn't, that wasn't for the whole. That was for you. That was egocentric. Yeah. So let's start looking at our egos. If we can address them and and, and be connected with them and, and balanced with them, we can absolutely use our egos for good. Because mm. we can use it to create, we can use it to drive, we can use it to get stuff done. And when it's out of place, we need people around us. Nicola's, in line. Nicola's the absolute queen at checking my ego. <laughs> oh, and doesn't it hurt? <laughs> <laughs> And she texts me and I go, ah, damn. And I always go and have like my own little space. And mm. I, I used to like retaliate with anger. And, some, and, and there is the odd time where we fight when, I'm, when I can't listen, when my ego's hurting and I, I don't give myself the space to process. We might fight and have a disagreement. You know, but she's quite good at checking me and I'll, I'll go, I'll take a breath and 
I'll go and have my own space and I'll think about how I was out of place and come back and apologize from a place of love and, you know, acceptance. Mm-hmm. And it helps so much. It helps so, so much. And I think like I'll, I used to be, I used to experience a lot of anger. And I, I would have previously said I was a very angry person inside. Mm-hmm. I didn't really show people, but I was like very on edge all the time. Previously, we're at the beach, taking Sol down the beach. He had the best time. He was running around with like four kelpies and cattle dogs and just running. It was like Nicola and I were like, oh, look how much fun he's having. This is the <laughs> best trip to the beach. They were just hilarious to watch. Anyway, we went for a swim and I take him up in the shower and I'm giving him a shower and this guy comes towards us with his dog on a leash and he walks him into the shower bay and his dog's kind of like tugging on a leash. You know, it's like, oh, this guy's like this bit going on. Mm. As soon as he got to Close to Sol, this dog just latched onto his ear and attacked him and just locked jawed his ear. And Sol's like, and like oh, scratched him under the eye and cut the other dog under the eye. And like, it was, it's never nice seeing dogs fight. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, we, we split him up and there was this uncon. Oh, actually, no, that's the wrong language. It was controllable, but I felt this burning desire in me to knock the fuck out of that bloke because he, he was irresponsible in walking his dog. Just It, it shouldn't have happened. But I wanted to just close fist, knock him out. Mm. and Protecting your I, baby. Well, I took Sol and Nicola to the side because Nicola was very shaken as, out of it as well. And I just – I didn't even touch Sol because I needed him to process on his own. Mm. And I just started breathing. I said, chill down. It's all right, buddy. Just chill out. I took some deep breaths, calmed my nervous system. He just calmed down. He was a bit shaken up. But then he calmed down, laid down, and was calm. I asked Nicola not to touch him until she calmed herself because we we transfer energy yeah. to other things. She calmed herself down. And then I went over and approached the guy and I said, and he was like, oh, mate, sorry. Oh, I'm so like, oh, mate, so, so. Oh, man. Oh, he keeps doing it. And I was like, oh, I was like, he keeps doing what? And he goes, he's, oh, man, he's attacked like eight dogs in, in the past. Like, he always does it when he's on the leash. Mm. And um, and I just instead of getting angry because I was I had calm myself and I said, so if your dog is known to attack other dogs when he's on a leash, I would appreciate it. And I'm saying this for future people that you come across. If your dog is on a leash, if it needs to be on a leash, just give him some space between other dogs and other people. Mm. And when there's space, you can go into the water or whatever. And and but if he's on the leash and he knows he does it. Give him that space because this little dog's obviously traumatized or something's triggering him. And then give yourself the space so that this doesn't keep happening. Mm. And also go to Holistic Hounds and get, the- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and don't get dog training. I <laughs> and I recommended that he goes in and treats his dog from a holistic point of view. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. is such an amazing dog trainer. But I just felt this whole evolution in my being because mm. I previously would have got into a fight. I would have been like, no, nah, this is where I'm like, get the Fuck out of my face. You just, your dog attacked my dog. It's on. Mm. But I just kept calm. It's reaction and then, versus And then action. I had a full acceptance of him of like, your dog's traumatized. You don't know it. You just think it's like, he goes, oh, it just randomly happens when it's on the leash. I'm like, that's not random if it <laughs> continues to happen on the leash. <laughs> but give him the space and not treat him like a lower human being or anything of like unintelligent. Just say, hey, mate, you've got to understand your dog's experiencing a bit of trauma yeah. and on, on the lease he feels threatened or he has to protect you or something's going on that he's making him attack other dogs. Please, for your own your own good and for everyone else's good and your dog's health as well, because he got him, Sol got him, like, had a massive gash under this dog's eye and it was like pissing out blood. Oh, I was crazy. Like, it, was, it was shit. And anyway, I said, just... 
just do it for yourself and other people. Like it's it's going to help you so much, and it'll it'll avoid other dogs being traumatized. Like yeah, ultimately. better peace of mind when he's taking yeah. his dog out. Better connection. But that was a really good example for me of like you know having that anger come up and then be like, I'm not this anger. It's just an expression. It's just an emotion I'm feeling. I don't have to buy into it and hurt another human being. Mm. Like he's unaware. It's not for me to judge him. And what good's yeah. going to come out of that yeah. when there's already a sad situation? Well, he's probably one of the first people to say that to him as yeah. well. You know, give him that that ulterior opinion because it's a lot of people would just react mm. straight away. And it's, it's that reaction. I, I rang Belinda straight away and I said, like, oh, contact her. What, what's the go? She said, first of all, if you forget it, your dog will forget it. If you hold on to it, your dog will be nervous and anxious around other people as well. Mm. And so we both, me and Nick, did a shake out like animals do and shake it off. And we're, oh, sweet. Within 10 minutes, he was smiling, happy, wagging his tail. He was all good. Mm. He got a little puncture in his ear, but he was sweet. Mm. We went straight over to Short and Sheridan's. He played with their dog fine. Like, I think we really have to appreciate the physiology and the emotional processes that we need to give each other. Yeah. To process emotions when they come up. Get ourselves into a calm state, calm our nervous systems, and live with peace, more peace in our life. Mm. So, so critical. Definitely. It's mm. a massive effect we can have on, on others. Mm. And we have spoken about this before where it's like, you know, if someone comes into a room with having a bad day, you know it. Yeah, you, you feel that energy straight away. Yeah, it's not woo-woo. People go, oh, you know, energies. what do you mean? Like you can transfer, you can sense the energy. in the. Okay, you are in a room full of people and someone walks in and you just get this weird vibe you feel mm. it in your gut or you might feel it in your chest and it's kind of like oh, I'm, i need to give that person space i don't need to be around them mm. that's all good that's just energetics you're just understanding that maybe they're experiencing something or they've got some trauma or whatever that or they're angry today or whatever cool alternatively you're in a room and if someone comes in like a ball of fire passion has abundant you can feel it you're like oh man that person's incredible i want to meet them mm. that's energy Yep. That's our intuition and that's our universal connection. And every single being has it, whether they're distracted from it or not, because we can get very distracted from our intuition and our gut feeling with all the stress and shit that we're not dealing with. Mm. But the more connected we get to it, yes, you'll be more connected on that energetic level. And that for me is like spirituality. Yeah. Right? Mm. I've come from a Christian background. I understand the whole God, Jesus thing. I don't buy into that narrative anymore. For me, God is connecting to other beings and the good and the evil and everything that multiplistic view is mm. that is spirituality we are all here to experience this life experience and there's yep. a lot of different examples there's a lot of different beliefs there's a lot of different energy that's that's roaming around this weird rock that's plummeting through the <laughs> universe and spinning them um, you know who knows what this is but i know that i'm connected to other people just through feeling it i'm connecting to to beings I'm connected to energy and that for me is like really spiritual. Yeah. And it feels incredible from someone who is very resistant and, and I also was like, fuck religion, this shit, because it, like my dad had burnout and all, I have all this past experience in relation to Christianity. But I've got to a point now where religion for me is connection to other people, connection to yeah. myself, connection to the planet, connection to nature. And it's absolutely magnificent. It's magic. Isn't it? It's, it's so empowering when you get to that point. And it's it's bliss. Yeah. It's bliss. It is so beautiful. And I'm a guy saying that word because I want to cultivate beautiful experiences into my life. Mm. 
You know, it's okay for men to be emotional, be connected, be spiritual. You know, it's okay for women to be absolute bosses and, yeah. and leaders and passionate. It's like you do what you want to do. And for me, I'm in a very calm and excited <laughs> position in life. It feels good. And I'm connecting, so sitting here talking to two absolute <laughs> legends, you know, two beautiful beings that I've come across in my life. Well, you know what's yeah. funny? Like you're talking about the energy thing, right? And I think I've said this on the podcast with Trav is like when I first met you was probably one of the first moments I actually felt an energy that I was like, holy fuck, what is this? And then that was when you, I first got introduced to Wim Hof. And then I remember like when you left Core Strength, I was like, where'd that, like, what? I'm missing something. Something's missing here. Like, what the fuck? And it's, it is, it's energy. And when you do tap into that on a grander scale and you do start to feel the collective, like it's such an incredible feeling. Like I know like my partner and I, we, we sometimes say, shit, we stop, we stop reading each other's minds because we've connected that deeply that we do. We sometimes, we finish each other's sentences more often than not. I can say, do you want to go grab a coffee or do you want to go here for lunch? She goes, you just took the words straight out of my mouth. And it's because like we've like, you've connected on such a level emotionally, spiritually that like you just feel the vibration from them and you're like, you feel like doing this right now? Oh, yeah, man. let's do it. It's like fucking powerful, <laughs> right? and I were driving the other day and we looked at each other and we were like both at the same time, a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's just random. And we just burst out laughing like, fuck, we love each other. That's like so we are on such a level. We're like little kids like driving to get our acai bowl. We're like, yeah. <laughs> it, it happened before when we were at the front here, before we came in here. Ailish goes, oh, no. And I've looked at her and without her saying anything, I was like, you haven't told Sophie we're in here today, have you? <laughs> and she didn't say anything. I was like, Ailish, you didn't tell Sophie that we're meant to be recording the podcast today, did you? And she's like, shit. And like, I just felt like, it. I, I could like, just feel it. Good. I was like, it's all good. I'm it's like, don't easy, worry. Baby. It works out. It's it works yeah. out. Yeah, it's easy. We could record this on the, in the street on our phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just do a live stream. So, so what I, else do you want to dive into? Well, I want to ask as well, like what's your advice? We've spoken about breath work. We've spoken about connection. Like what would be your advice to other people when it comes to connecting with others? Ooh. Okay. First of all, Pay attention to the story in your head that's holding you back. Mm. So whatever's holding you back is only a story and go and listen to Viv's episode to back this up. Yeah, the subconscious thoughts. Yeah. paradigm. It's a, it's a program that's been given to you by someone else or an experience that you can change. So if it's, oh, that's weird shit or that's, I'm not worthy of being, oh, I'm not cool enough or I'm not, you know, a big one for me was when I was stepping into real movement environments, like, I'm not as good as everyone else. Mm. Because they're all fucking savages in that group. And that's the metric so many people measure themselves off with all interactions. I'm not good enough to be yeah, there. I can't be there. Yeah. I'm not, okay, if you're the worst person in the room, you're the, in the best room, You're the best position in that room. The yeah. person at the top's not growing. Mm. You've got you know, more room. As much as you. <laughs> so step into those environments where you feel like a kook, where you feel like a rookie, where you feel like a beginner, where you feel out of your depth because you will have the most growth out of everyone in that room when you open up yourself to being that kind of like kook or vibe, or, mm. you know, you, you're just on that level to and learn by osmosis. So you don't have to be that active in the room. You could just be around those people and they're going to rub off on you. Just observe, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want to be an ice addict and fucking beat people up? Go and hang out with bikies. Like, go and do it. You'll, mm. you'll learn by osmosis how to hold your own in a pub fight and how to, you know, spark a bulb and do all that stuff. That just happens. Yeah. We don't condone any of that, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> yeah. But, but it's, it's also, should go yeah, without it's saying. Also a choice. Yeah. But on the, uh, on the contrast, if you want to be around, if you want to create your own business, go and get involved in a business group. Go mm. and get involved in a health group. If you want to be meditating, go and get involved in some meditate. You'll learn by osmosis. Mm. 
Osmosis means we just we just learn by being yeah. around other people. And so if people are scared about the connection, and yeah, I I've had some experiences with ice, not personally in my system, but mm. with, with mates who have had been on ice and stuff. So I don't mind talking about it because it's very important to talk about topics like that. 100%. They're all just choices. So let's make better choices. What do you want as a result? Okay, I want to be more passionate. I want to be more energetic. I want to actually, actually, I want to learn about what this stuff is. People talk about breath work. People talk about mental health, being calm and peaceful. I want to learn about it, okay? Put yourself in an environment that is going to give you that osmosis effect. Yes, you're going to feel like a kook. You're going to be like, man, this is kind of weird. This is different. It's because you haven't done it before, all right? It's like the first time you have sex, it feels like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's true. Everyone can relate yep. to that. Yep. All right? Yeah. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's weird. And all that fear you have before yeah. it, it's like, yeah, once, you, once, once, it's, once the experience is done, not specifically yeah. with that, but same thing, it's like, yeah, that story that you're telling yourself, you're like, oh, yeah. my God, what the fuck? Prime example, has anyone been skydiving before? Yeah, oh. I love it. Skydiving. Like, I remember when I got sky, like skydiving for my present Oh, geez, three years ago now, four years ago now, I can't remember. I remember like the day before, I was shitting myself. I was like, you fucking kidding, you know, it's windy tomorrow, like I'm scared. But then as soon as, <laughs> as soon as I left the plane, like as soon as I free fell out of the plane, it was sort of just like, well, I've done it. <laughs> you're there. Fuck, I'm here. You're there. And yeah. then as soon as the chute gets pulled, you're like, fuck, I want to get back up there now because the narrative's broken. Yeah. You're no longer thinking about, oh, shit, well, if it doesn't pull, what if this doesn't happen? Because... You've beaten that narrative or that and paradigm. the narrative might always there. be there. There might be that like one or like zero 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 one point percent that you still think, oh, there could be a, a malfunction here. Yeah. But you've overcome that narrative being the dominant one, and mm. the dominant one is now. I love being. I love the free fall. Yep. I love flying in the air. I love skydiving. This is the best thing ever. Yeah. And you are fully in that experience. And mm. so it's the same with people stepping into new environments. Like I watch people come into Exalto. For the first time and just think is this a cult <laughs> like they're sitting in a circle and then when we're talking about the mind and then we do breath work yeah the, ba- the bar streak would blow I've people's minds no, yeah. like for me i've taking thousands of people through this stuff now watching people's first experience if they're not open to it they're literally like oh, what have i signed up for is this a cult like it's because because we're all there in yeah. a circle like yeah. we're in a share circle mm. and we speak about Mind flex, which is your ability for your mind to be flexible. So different topics that might challenge you or different thoughts come up. And there's lots of growth in that. And then we do breath work, which mm. is very different to how people breathe in in society. You don't see yeah. like bus streaker done on Channel <laughs> 7 before they present the weather. You know? Yeah. It's, it's very different. Like, and, and if you've done yoga and stuff before, you've been exposed to different breath work techniques. But these avenues of breath really get us to be present and clear mm. the monkey mind and give us peace. And then we're in a, a more able state to bring in new information and get it into our unconscious mind and build new habits and beliefs and behaviors and create new results. And so I understand it's very uncomfortable for people. And yeah. that's why we have those, you know, those introduction sessions, which both of you would have done, which gives yeah. them fundamentals. That, yeah. It gives yeah. them that, not in a group environment, but it gives them a bit of a, an insight into what we do. And then it's always interesting watching people's first month there because we aren't a normal gym. Mm. We're far from it. We don't focus on burpees. We don't focus on your heart rate on a screen and say you're in the red zone. You need to be in the red. You know, we don't. I don't care about that bullshit. I care about your spirit and how your your mind is functioning. I care about your energy and the peace that you have in your life. Mm. And so we do things a bit differently. 
and we really have tangible effects on people. So, you know, if that's something that you want, if you want more peace of mind, if you want more energy and more connection, and, you know, this we're local on the coast. Yeah. If you want to be great at yoga, go and join a yoga studio. Who cares if you can't touch your toes yet? Because going there and learning by osmosis and learning the strategies and you'll practicing, you'll be able to touch your toes. Yeah. If you want to be, I don't know, a better surfer, go and buy a foamy. Go to Robbie Sherlock. <laughs> you know, do some surf lessons. You're going to feel like a coach. Yeah, 100%. But practice. Got to start somewhere. Put yourself in the environment. So, yes, we have to accept that the story is so, so valid. Mm. We have these stories in our head. Accept it. It, it. Go, okay, I've got these stories. It's just a part of my mind. But like the analogy of the bird, let it just be a bird. It might be a big, strong bird at the moment who's like looks scary, like a, an eagle or something. It's built a nest for the time being. It could attack yeah. you and it's like, don't you move, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack you. Mm. But just appreciate it as a bird. And when you put yourself in another environment, you're going to get different experiences, different birds coming along and you understand your mind. And through the work, and this is why I think it's really important that these last two episodes build on each other. So Viv's episode, don't just create the goal of I want to be more energetic, I want to have more peace, I want to be healthier, you need to do the work to change the paradigm and mm-hmm. the program that's in your unconscious mind. Because mm. like we said, like the thermostat, if you want to be healthy and you, are, I'm going to sign up to a gym and I'm going to be healthy and you, you know, you're on a roll for a week or two weeks or the first month and you start feeling results and you're like, oh, man, I'm starting to feel good. This is good. Oh, fuck, I'm finally being healthy in my life. I've lost a kilo, two kilos, my energy's good, I'm vibing. And then there's one day where you have an off day. Maybe you haven't looked after your energy or you didn't sleep right, you didn't hydrate or whatever. Your nervous system's a bit depleted. And when you're depleted, the old monkey mind starts pulling itself back in going, eh, guess what? You're not worthy of these news results. Mm. You haven't changed your unconditioned program, un- unconscious programs. Mm. And so my conditioning, I'm going to pull you back to the depths of your old ways and you're going to go out on the piss for the weekend and you're going to snort cocaine or you're going to eat Maccas or you're going to have a kebab and you're going to wake up on the on Sunday morning and feel like shit and go, oh, here I am back again. And on the Monday, you're going to wake up and go, oh, I had a kebab yesterday. I don't have to get lunch today. I could have a cheesecake at work. <laughs> so you have a cheesecake at work. And then all of a sudden, you're like, fuck, this is a slippery slope. And you're trying to yeah. grab on and you still turn up to the gym, but on slippery slope, sliding and all of a sudden you're back and you've lost those. And how many people go on that cyclical journey of beating? I've done it. Mm. I still, my hands I up I in the air. Do it, I still <laughs> do it in certain parts of my life because I'm working. I'm creating new paradigms. Yeah. But it takes time. Yeah. 100%. It doesn't happen overnight. Everyone wants a quick fix though. This is the thing. I feel like everyone wants a quick fix because you've got to realize like, it, it takes fucking time and you've got to be committed yeah. to it. Committed. You've got to be committed to changing the paradigm because when that day turns up, you've got to be able to see it as a bird that rocks up comes on the tree and you go, okay, it's just the bird. Let it go. Yes, my old way, my old self wanted to go and have junk food. You know what? I'm going to go and buy a grass-fed steak, some kimchi. I'm going to drink some filtered water. And I'm going to feel fucking incredible. Mm. Bang. There you go. You just you just stood up to your old paradigm and you just reinforced a new one. Yeah. This is me now. And you journal about it. I am healthy. I am mm. strong. I am peaceful. Affirmations, I am powerful. hey. I am abundant. I am harmonious. I am happy. You you reinforce that, and people are like, oh, that's such bullshit. You're so you know, hippie and whack. Just you self talk. 
Mate, if you aren't aware of your self-talk, you're talking to yourself negatively. Isn't it it's interesting that, isn't it? Because so many people think it's like so like – I'm going to use the terminology woo-woo again because yeah. I think it's funny. They think it's so woo-woo when you're doing like self-affirmations and stuff. Mm. But I think it's just scary. They think it's really probably underneath that's just scary. But it's the tall, it's the tall poppy syndrome and it's also the resistance to actually tap in your potential mm. because it's easy to be comfortable. It's easy to be safe. It's easy to, to beat yourself up and be like – if it's easy to be like everyone else. Yeah, to conform. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah, the statistics show the majority of people aren't healthy and they're damaged mentally and they're experiencing challenges mentally. Yeah. So it's easy to follow that norm because you just do the same thing that everyone else is doing and you just conform and then you get the same results. You can complain about the same stuff so you can connect about the same stuff. But guess what? The other side of the coin or another different view of looking at it is once you start working on yourself – you connect with different people who are on the same vibe, who are on the same vibration. You talk about personal growth. You talk about breath work. You, you breathe together. You yeah. enjoy incredible food. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to love having a cheat day back when I was kind of like bodybuilding. I was going to say PT, like they all yeah, talk about cheat yeah, days. I used yeah, to go ham on the oh, – like absolutely hardcore on the cheat day. For me now, a cheat day is non-existent. Yeah. I just eat so amazingly and I have my avenues of eating food that I used to love – chocolate mousse, banana ice cream. But now I'm doing it in a nutritious and educated way that's actually good for my body. Sheridanjoy.com for all the recipes. <laughs> Sheridan Joy Austin. She <laughs> is incredible. And we, we actually, we're planning on getting her on the podcast soon too. We yeah. might even try to get her next episode mm. to follow on from this. Yeah. So jump on her website, check out the recipes, whether it's savory or sweet, you'll find oh. an abundance of recipes. You'll match. There's panna cotta, there's cheesecakes, there's mousse, there's ice cream. I'm very sweet, so it's because I didn't yeah. any of the same. <laughs> And you'll be able to create it all from whole foods that are nutritious. Okay. I'm not saying just eat that stuff three times a day, but- now, if you want to have some ice cream or whatever, just make it. I, I do frozen bananas and coconut cream, blend it up. Oh, my God. It's better so than good. a banana paddle pop. pop. Oh. It is so much better than that. And I know that it's not cooking me with chemicals. Yeah. And That's it's so like, cool. Yeah. Once, education, we, once we put so ourselves important. in those environments, we're going to learn this stuff. I didn't know it until I got around Sheridan more. Yeah. She changed my life. Mm. You know, I, my clients, you guys wouldn't have known the stuff that I've delivered to you that I've had passed down to me if you didn't put yourselves in the environment. Mm. So well, choose the result you want and then find the environment that will create it and inject yourself into it so prominently and repetitively that you learn by osmosis and you start, you will literally start to feel the change. But also be very aware. And I'm, I'm glad you guys have tapped into this because a lot of people are going to be woken up to this. Don't just set the goal. Find someone or ways that can help you change your paradigms. Because if you do not change your unconditioned program, you're going to get on that rat race, that wheel, and you're just going to beat yourself up time and time again because you can't achieve what you want to achieve because you mm. haven't changed the program. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, okay, this is a really interesting point where I, I'm challenged by the fitness industry. How many eight-week challenges or 12-week challenges have created incredible results for people? How many? A lot. A lot. Yeah, I've yep. seen. And, yep, drop yeah. 20 kilos, drop 30 kilos, put on muscle. Yep, feel good. Mm. What percentage of those people bounce back or yo-yo back to their old ways? A lot of them. Mm. 
I'll, majority I'll, of them. I'll, yeah, I would say majority. Yeah. There's a minor few that, that awaken that inner belief and that inner power and, and they've unconsciously changed their program. They believe in themselves now and they continue it. Mm. Shout out to my brother, actually. He fully oh, did that. Fuck. That man is incredible with what he's job. done. He's, <laughs> fuck, he's just a force to be reckoned with now. He's just yeah. such a powerhouse. He's got such good energy. I'm so grateful to have met both of you. Like he he's honestly just brought this such cool nature to him. <laughs> it's kind of like the cool uncle or the cool. Yeah, he's the fun the uncle. Cool right? Yeah, and the cool brother that's just rolled on him. He's like, yeah, he's the one you want to have hanging around with you. Yeah, you know it's going to be a good time if Joel's yeah, there. Definitely. So yeah, it's like you know you have to come across someone who can empower you and give you the knowledge and tools so you can change your program. And I'm currently doing it with wealth. You know, mm. I want I I am a multi-millionaire already. I just haven't figured out how to get there, and I haven't created the avenues. But I am already in my mind a multi-millionaire with the freedom to travel, support my family, and have the, the ability to connect with whoever I want, whenever I want, and just live abundantly and never think about money as an issue. Mm. I, I I'm already there. I'm just on the journey. Yeah, good on you. And so you have to change those paradigms. I hadn't come from money. My parents, they never had money. I remember my dad went into debt to like buy me a new surfboard and stuff to just so I could keep up with the Joneses and my mates. Mm. You know, it, it sucks, but we're not given this information. We're not given this empowerment to step into these new paradigms. And we all have these shiny carrots, all right? And people can think what they want with me saying that I'm going to be wealthy. You know, your, your, your shit probably comes up, oh, fuck, he's talking about money. That's cool. I know for me, I don't want to have the same troubles as my parents did. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to change that story. I will not have the same problems as my parents. Instead, I'm going to be abundant and be able to support and live my life the way I want to Yeah. because I'm changing my paradigm. My old identity, my old self says, oh, you're not worthy of this. You know, the thermostat things are really interesting with wealth. Yeah, yeah? definitely. If you want to earn, you know, go from earning 40 grand a year to 150, you could get a job with 70 grand but you'll bring yourself back down to 40 grand habits if you haven't changed your own condition program. Yeah. You're, you're earning more money, but you're spending it all. Yeah. You know, you're, you're losing it, you're, all of it. You know, it, you know, people win the lottery. And then they burn a year later, two years later, bankrupt. Yeah. yeah. Professional athletes making millions of dollars, finish their career, bankrupt. Yeah. Because they're not taught. It's, yeah. a, it's a money code. It's a paradigm. It's an unconscious belief. So you've got to change the programs. If it's health, if it's wealth, if it's peace, if it's whatever it is, even business, I've had to change my mind around business because mm. I started business with the story. I would tell, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'm shit at business with computer work, with spreadsheets. You know, when I started with Brando from Felt Retreats as my business mentor, he's like, bro, we're going to do this. Showed me what we're going to do. It's like a full Google Drive with fucking crazy amounts of documents and processes and systems and spreadsheets. I nearly shit myself. <laughs> I literally, I melted. Yeah. I used to be like hated technology and Nicola was watching that. I'm literally pulling out the hair that I don't have. <laughs> so like sweating bullets about, <laughs> sweating bullets about yeah. doing back end business work. And it took me weeks, weeks, weeks. And then I remember Brando just saying to me, he's like, you, you can learn this stuff, bro. Mm. And, and that for me, that hit deep. And I went, my paradigm, it's not me that ex- it's experiencing this stuff. It's my paradigm that's stopping me from growing. Yeah. Mm. So I started working on my paradigm. I'm extremely organized. I'm very documented. I'm creating incredible systems for people to get healthy that can be repeated by other people other than me. So I'm not a slave to my own passion. Yeah. 
holy shit, literally in like a four-week period, I became a spreadsheet king. <laughs> I, I love the spreadsheet. Love, I love writing processes. Yeah. I love – I honestly get a kick out of it now because I know it's going to give greater foundations and structures to my business. Mm. And it's going to allow other people to be impacted with their health because now I can bring a team on that understands my vision, understands my passion, understands our processes. Yeah. And I had to change that paradigm. I was literally yeah. banging my head against the wall. And people will do it with their health. They'll do it with their love life. They'll do it with their wealth. They'll do it with everything, work. Change your unconditioned program, your unconscious program, and change your conditioning and you will literally jump into new results. Yeah. Well, you change your entire world because you take you, – it's, it's literally like taking off a certain pair of glasses and putting on another one. And you're like, holy shit. Like you go from seeing red to seeing blue. It's mm. like it's it's just incredible how much your vision changes. Mm. It's so cool. It's so so epic. I'm so grateful to have come across who I have in my life mm. and connected with the people I have that have put me in this position of, yeah. of complete and utter self empowerment, empowerment and self understanding, mm. where I can navigate the way I, I desire. It's so cool. And also I find it gives people around you then the invitation to step into theirs too. I've noticed that since I've been hanging out a lot more and like since, especially since I've been coming to Exalto, like you've, you've been just being around you has allowed me to step more into my, um, you know, self-empowerment. What do I want? What do I want out of life? Where do I see myself going? And I think that's where it comes to this, you know, the vibe, your vibe attracts your tribe sort of thing. It's like when you are around those people, you do, you, you start to relate on the same frequency, which like you said is osmosis, which starts to bring in the learning from just sitting there and being a part of it, regardless of whatever level you're at. I love how it exalts. You can be a fly on the wall. Yeah, 100%. For the, first, for the six months, you can be a fly on the wall. You just be in that room. Just mm. digest it. I like it. Is it is it Shoshin, the beginner mindset that we talk about Exalto all the time? Like, I love it. I love always going into something and being like beginner mindset. Mm. All right, I'm not good at that. Okay, let's regress. Let's regress. Take away the take away the ego. <laughs> regress. And then learn how to actually adapt with those skills, topics, whatever it may be. Mm. Always learning. It. Oh, aren't we? Always learning. Aren't we? It's so amazing. Well, speaking of learning, you're going to be learning something new soon because you've got a bub on the way. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Congratulations. Congratulations. And Nicola, if you hear this, congratulations. This is the first public announcement. Do you, yeah. Well, it's done. It's done. We can edit that out. No, 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 no. We're not going to edit anything out. I, I kind of expect, I should have said something first. And we're not hiding it. Like, the thing is, we're not hiding it. It's actually just been the first thing that Nicola and I have kept off social media. Yeah. And we're tapping into that old way of living where you see people and you surprise people. Yeah. Mm. And we're seeing friends that you know, we might not have seen for a couple of months and they're like, holy shit, are you pregnant? Didn't yeah. you have that response when you saw Nicola? Was, yeah. I was like in the middle of an RDL and I was like. She's pregnant. Oh, it wasn't. I literally just like looked over and I was like, I was like, Wait. What? And then I like look back and I'm like, because I thought I just like imagined it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my god, really? You're like, what the fuck's going yeah. on? But is it, it is. Exciting? It's magical. It's, it's magical magic. that moment. And we didn't even talk about doing this. Yeah. Well, we talked about getting pregnant, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was completely planned. Props to our health, and thank you, Sheridan, for getting our cellular health to an absolute T. Yeah. You know, we literally conceived on the first go. Wow. Yeah. It was just amazing. We just like, yeah, we're going to get 
pregnant this year in December and January, bang, we're pregnant. So it was like so amazing. And it's honestly been such a beautiful experience. Like my heart is just so full and smiling and I'm so excited. And to watch Nicola and her confidence and her strength and her sovereignty and her feminine energy, like it's just, it is honestly the most amazing experience I've had a day. And it's, we haven't even had Bub yet. Yeah. So – yeah, it's it's really interesting coming across people and giving them that experience. And have people being like, "Oh my god, you're pregnant!" That's so and like, and we get to celebrate with them instead yeah. of just posting a photo up of like, "Oh, we're you in here," and then getting like fifty or hundred <laughs> comments of like, "Congratulations," you know, and you just go along, "Yeah, thanks, mate, thanks, 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 thanks." Like, yeah, it is impersonal. Yeah, as much as it's it's a great way to connect online, I can't say how exciting it's been to tell people in person and and you know. And, you know, show them. And then, like, oh, my, wow, you're actually pregnant. That's amazing. Mm. It's been so, so cool. So, yes, we can talk about it. I apologise. <laughs> well, don't clean <laughs> the cat out, out of the bag. Don't apologise because I, not everyone we know is going to yeah. hear this episode. It's yeah. Cool. It's <laughs> just – I find it really – And ex- a lot of people do know because she's she's obviously pregnant now. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not – she it's can't not, hide it's that It's not bump. like, oh, has she had a few two smoothies lately? It's like <laughs> she's – She's um she's actually pregnant oh, with a, a child in her yeah. Brain, so. yeah I just think it's I, I think it's something amazing and something I wanted to talk to you about because I look to you as being a role model of mine and you are an inspiration of Thanks, mine bro. and I'm really excited to see you take part like take part in this journey with Nicola because you two are both I've said this before you I, I believe you two have the power to change the world for the better and so for you guys to bring new life into this world it just gets me so excited because you know I look at the values you two share and what you have and what you you know, give to us as being just pupils at your, your gym. And it's like, I can't wait to see what you, <laughs> how you bring up this child. And, you know, I just, I guess we want to ask a question like, are there, like, what nerves do you, do you have any nerves about it? Are there anything that you're scared about? Like, what, how are you yeah. feeling about it all? I, Other than the excitement, I, obviously. I'm, I go back to my mantras, my daily mantras. I am whole. I am perfect. I am strong. I am powerful. I am harmonious and I am happy. And that's how I am. Mm. And I'm really at peace with the whole process. I couldn't have been more happier when Nicola told me. Mm. And I've the only fear that I had, and and there, there there may be other fears that come up once a child's born because there's attachment to love and yeah all that kind of stuff. But my only fear is my ego getting in the way of that child living its fullest expression. Yeah, wow. So I've done a lot of meditating on what my perfect child would be and what it's going to be grow up to do. And, and, you know, I didn't intentionally meditate on that, but in meditation I've found these little stories come up of like, we're going to have the most amazing child. and Little birds flying in, right? Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not even going to. Yeah, an expectation. Mm. And then. Where's that expectation come from? Am I try, am I going to try and live a better life through my child and try and give them better opportunities because I didn't have them as you know? Mm. I'm going to completely let go of all of that bullshit. Every single story that I can see, obviously, I I want to support and enable that child to do whatever it wants and and really live true to itself. Yeah, and give it tools and knowledge and the foundation and the the loving space and the acceptance. But I'm I am have. Not am I have released all expectation. Awesome, and it's a really interesting journey to go on because I have a narrative in my head, and I don't know if I'm like I'm ready to accept if it doesn't follow. But I have this narrative like 
I would like a boy first. We're not going to find out. It's a surprise. Yeah. And if I could have chosen, I would have gone boy first so that you can have, uh, uh, for me, so that I can give them the tools and understanding and the, and the self-confidence and empowerment to look after our family if I was to ever yeah. not mm-hmm. be around. But then there's this thing of like, well, why can't a woman do that? Yeah, thing? I was just about to say. And yeah. so, you know, these it's narratives, have that these narratives come up. Mm. And I'm like, if it's a girl. Same thing. Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Mm. Amazing. So I've let go of that narrative. I don't care anymore. I don't expect a boy or a girl. Mm. I'm at a place where whatever it is, I'm, I've already visualized just I can feel the emotion of when – that child comes earthside and, and that experience that Nicola and I get to have with our our family. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, it's, it's we're having a home birth. So awesome. we're going to awesome. have the dog there with us. We're going to have our private midwives. And Nicola's parents have been invited there. They're, it's very, very different for them. Mm. And if they wish to be there in a calm state, they can be in the room. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how it pans out. And especially with all this COVID stuff going on and, like, partners not being able to be in the room and sometimes there can be limitations where it's just like a midwife and the and the female in the room or yeah. the midwife other and the female and the partner and no mm. midwife so yeah, a lot of like lot weird of stuff going on and mm. so nicola is very confident going i want to do this how we want to do this and we're going to do it at home have a water birth and obviously if any implications come up we have the hospital there to yeah. assist us but yeah we've been doing hypnobirthing which is Super changing powerful. your unconscious programs around birth because as soon as someone says birth a woman's going to give birth what's our common narrative well you think the woman's in pain straight away while going yeah, through it's going to be a fucking hard experience yeah. right it's a hectic no fast pace so common now yeah it's really like so, it's something that's been really embraced by women yeah, and starting partners, to grow. But, oh but yeah so it is, this it, is what i'm going to address also yeah is that it's all about the women mm. the women it's the women's role to bring this baby into the, the world absolutely and for most men birthing's been you get pushed to the side and the medical staff look after it and you have no role and yeah. you just got to sit there twiddling your thumbs and hoping it all goes good hypnobirthing is fucking in the most empowering thing i've ever done in my life mm. wow. stepping into a new chapter i f- feel fully equipped fully peace at peace with whatever happens and fully in our rights and what we aim to how we want to bring this child into the world mm-hmm. and how I can support Nicola and techniques that can keep her in a parasympathetic state because also we've been told that you need to push babies out and you need to force them. Oh, it's going to be the worst. Squeeze, contract, oh, and lock the body up. Mm. And when we're not in a calm state and we're not breathing, we're not letting go, we close the birth canal. So it actually yeah. contracts. It makes it harder <laughs> for women to give birth and they're squeezing contra- all these muscles are locking in around their pelvis they're so strong down there versus letting go relaxing the body and letting the birth canal open Breathing. up and having an orgasmic birth a lot of people a lot of women who do <laughs> a lot of people no men <laughs> a lot of women <laughs> who have done hypnobirthing have said they had the most orgasmic or euphoric experience bringing their child into the world because they are in a completely calm state they breathe through these surges it's all about changing language as well instead of contractions it's like intense surges or powerful surges Mm. of energy through the body and you match it with breath yeah you know it's all of this stuff that 
it's reprogramming our yeah. minds because we, we literally live out our, our stories. Yeah. So if you live out, oh, I'm scared of birth and it's going to be painful. I have a low pain threshold. That was one. Nick's was low pain threshold. People have always told her she's got to learn. Now she's like, I can breathe through these powerful surges. I can be connected to my spirit. I can eat, bring my baby into this world in a peaceful manner. My baby will beautifully you know, travel down my birth canal and will bring it into my arms. Like this unconscious programming that keeps us in these calm states in life. And it's so amazing. I can't tell you as, as a support network for my partner that's going to bring her – you know, travel her rites of passage of bringing birth into the and life into the world. Yeah, I feel so at ease supporting someone who is calm, confident, and enjoying the experience of it. And, so I, and, and my heart Isn't goes it? out. My heart goes out to other couples who have had a different experience or weren't given the tools, and it was a very stressful and confusing and challenging time. Literally, in the first session of it, it's a five week course mm. every five Saturdays in a row. In the first session, my mind was fucking blown to smithereens with the <laughs> shit that goes on that we can actually have control over that no one knows about. Literally. I think we had a conversation just after you guys had finished and you said scary. to me, like, it blew my mind. It's yeah. scary how many women get traumatized in their birth because they don't know their rights and they don't know that, yeah, like, we're meant to, they're meant to birth. Mm. Obviously, there's some. Th- things that can happen. Most of the time they need to be kept calm and given the tools and the empowerment to breathe through it so their body opens up instead of freaking out, getting stressed, and then yeah. going on this anxious, you know... Race against time sort yeah, of thing. Oh, yeah. my, oh my, my... I. So many women have experienced trauma that didn't need to. Yeah. And it could have been a very beautiful process. And mm. we know people have done hypno... And they're just like, it is so amazing. And it was the most wonderful experience of my life to date and the most it's awesome it's awesome that you get to experience that it's so cool yeah and 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 having done the work on myself and nicola done the work on herself we're ready to just be content as parents yeah and there's going to be challenges i'm not going to act like the super parent because i don't believe any parent is a super parent i think every parent is just winging it oh yeah no one knows the right or wrong answer because everyone's Circumstances, well, stories, different. Every child is different. Is different. Yeah. Everyone's different. And, and you can have that. calm parents, and one child be crazy different, and the other one be calm. And you've got to approach that from different points of view. That's my nephews. <laughs> one is like, it's literally like angel and devil. It's yeah. crazy, but it's like that's what we love about them. Yeah, they're just so different energies. Different, yeah. and that is—it's just a prime example of like, yeah, is each, he, is each he, being is a, is a separate being. Is it is it a devil? I don't know if it's he or she. He is—is is he a devil or is he just got an abundant amount of energy and he and he, and he loves being up to mischief? Yeah, loves being up to mischief. So it's but this is so this is also the thing in that spiral dynamics. I learned that I'm fifty-fifty with order. Yeah, because I've had some experiences where I'm I'm not happy with the way society is and the way it's treated. I've had some experiences. And then I, I appreciate that there needs to be some level of order. Yeah. So I can go both ways. Yeah. If, if power is abused, I will completely rebel. Yeah. If I can see, for instance, let's, let's take a, a policeman. You know, they're incredible. They do their job. They, they keep peace in society, which is what the whole design. But as soon as they step out of line and maybe bash someone or abuse someone that doesn't need it, it's maybe being completely calm. That for me triggers my other fifty percent, where I'm like, "Fuck the law." Mm. But then, 
I appreciate when someone's, you know, going on a rampage and the police do their job of containing them and, and protecting society. I'm absolutely clap my hands, applaud them. Yeah. That's, I'm so grateful for it. So, you know, that <laughs> your nephew, he might just have a little bit of that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but when it, but when it comes to Definitely. the other order, like you know, yeah, he might be at a, a theme park and some kid pushes in. He, hey, you got to go to the back. You know, that's his part. Yeah. It's like he that he was, was like, him last night. He's like, babe, gets up to mischief, and then I put my shoe on the couch. He's like, hey, we don't put shoes on the couch. And I'm like, <laughs> that's a great example. Damn, yeah, <laughs> you got me. And so yeah. when we start to learn our, about ourselves and understand, you know, different modalities, you can do everything: human genius, spiral dynamics, personality types. Learn about yourself and you'll start to understand yourself. Oh, God, yeah. And then when you understand yourself, the, the absolute cream on the top is you understand others. Yeah. 100%. So, wow, I can see that pattern in that person. I can see that trait. I can, oh, maybe they've got a little bit of this in them. This is why they act like this. Maybe mm. they don't like the same thing as me because they're completely different people yeah. built from different, you know. We went for dinner with our friends last night and never met their kids. One's completely polar opposite to me. Completely pol- I still got along with her because she's a happy little girl. Yeah. The other one was running amok, but I completely resonated with her. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you remind me so much of you. And I was just thinking all night, you remind me so much of yourself, of myself. Yeah. Anyway, if we get like towards the end of the night and she's like, it's my birthday in 16 days. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, she's born three days after me. Yeah, wow. She's July 16, I'm July 30. I'm like, I can see so much of myself in you. Yeah. And so you just understand life better. Like we've all got these crazy designs. We're all so, so amazing and have all our genius and weaknesses and strengths. It's just yeah, epic. Yeah. Life is so, so cool when you choose to understand it. And it's a blessing to be around so many different types of people oh, so we can learn. Yeah, it's just – and how empowering is it? Oh, yeah. I think there's such a – an avenue for us to heal the world, heal each other, connect, be at peace, love, have fun, create, be abundant. Mm. But we've got to take responsibility. And like mm. I said, the mind flex last week, I've been really talking to people about this. It's not your fault. What happened to you between zero seven and, and created those unconscious programs is not your fault. You were just a little kid. You had no idea what was going on. You were just living at your. You were just living your sovereignly little being, being a kid. Tantrums and all, highs and lows. But what happens after seven, and the rest of your life is your responsibility. Amen. One hundred percent. Maybe not seven to ten, or maybe not seven to sixteen. But in our adult lives, if you're listening to this, it's not your fault that you've got these programs in your deep in your unconscious that might be sabotaging you. But it's your responsibility to change them, to work on them and to understand them. Mm. Yeah. And if you blame other people for your unconscious behaviours and the results you're experiencing in your life, you are unaware. Give yourself the space and the awareness to accept and start processing and working through it and step into what you want. Mm. Mm. So good. Definitely. Ah. Uh. I could speak to you for hours. <laughs> I'm like, I like looked at the clock and I'm like, we're at two hours 14 and we're just getting started. Yeah, literally. <laughs> we might have to do a part two. Selfie yeah. going to be pissed. Well, what, what I would actually love to do, if you guys would be open to it, is one once people have listened to this, because honestly, this is probably my favorite podcast ever. 
I, I'm so connected to you two, and I, oh, I that's really, so nice. but I'm really grateful that because we have open conversations and we have we support each other being open and having yeah. different views. Yeah, and even for if sure. we brought something that was challenging, we're going to give each other the space to work through it. Yep. So if people listen to this and they have questions about specific things that they want to go really deep on, mm. let's fucking go, baby. Yeah, let's do it. definitely, definitely. But I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I, I, I think also, it's pretty powerful. We get a lot of feedback from people, and we've said that before. Like Connor, Connor's certain- episode got a massive rap. Like mm. Con- everyone loved hearing Connor's well, story. You're speaking to like a ninety year old in a twenty year old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, lived many past. He's yeah, had many past lives. Hey, like Gandalf. Yeah, <laughs> but then, it is if if we obviously ha- are limited on time. For well, these I've podcasts, got a partner as well, and <laughs> and she was like, "How long does the podcast go for?" I'm like, "Between one and two hours." <laughs> so Maybe I'm very, very aware of like we've got some work to do at home, and I'm yeah, so, so but that's the thing. I think if effort. anyone has, if anyone listen, when people listen to this and things spark a little thought, or you want to delve more into even breath work or just connection with others, anything at all. Let us know, and we are so open to doing a real deep dive. That's what we love. Well, we yeah, love we, we can we can do so many of the things. Like we see Jordan all the time at the gym as well. Like we can even like pull him up there, and then mm. you know if there's a question, get an answer. Yeah, give yeah. give to people like oh, whatever. But whatever, there'll definitely be a couple more podcasts with you. Yeah, and <laughs> I've really enjoyed this podcast and connecting with you guys because you've created such an awesome and open platform. Mm. for these conversations to be had. And I know that the world values these kind of conversations because I, on my journey, value conversations like this. I could not tell you how many hours of podcasts I've listened to because they help reprogram. And yeah, one tip I will give before we wrap this up is when it comes to those unconditioned uh, – I've said that a lot – unconscious programs yes. in our conditioning, to change our programs, we need to commit – to changing so we need to first commit to making a new program and then we need to repeat so much repetition 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 until it becomes second nature yeah so if there's information in a podcast or there's information in a video clip or there's information in a book you need to read it until it becomes listen until it becomes second nature because think about your favorite song did you listen to your favorite song once and then know the lyrics or how many times have you listened to your favourite song? Too many. Too In many. my case, yes. But I <laughs> just have that shot. sort of memory. <laughs> you might miss your opportunity. You know, you've listened to these songs so much that it just comes up. You don't ever think about it. Yeah. Even without the instrumental, the music, you could just probably sing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, should, so, you should hear me rap Roses by Outcast every lyric oh, at the yeah. tempo. Maybe that's a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just just what, what, what are your favourite songs? Yeah. But, but keeping on track... Whenever you get information that you want in your unconscious mind, that you want to be second nature, you want in as your programming, repeat it until you literally can you preempt it coming up. Yeah. Mm. I will repeat podcasts and the first time I might listen to 1.5 speed, I can get it up to like three times speed and I still know what's going on because I've just my brain is wow. an incredible machine at yeah. processing. Yeah. And then you can listen our podcast in like 20 minutes and the more you listen to it, it's like it's in your dream state. It's in your unconscious mind. It's You're not even aware of it anymore. It's just programmed in. Yeah. And so I think about, you know, for instance, like Robert Kiyosaki or Gary Vee, all these guys, they don't have these all these different messages for people. They've got the one specific story, the one specific message they want to get across, and they tell it and they tell it and they tell it. Yep. Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, tells the exact 
Same story every time, every single time about his journey. And whenever he tells it, it triggers. I go, oh, I've heard this before. Mm. But that's not a bad thing. I'm like, yes, I'm, this, this information's in my unconscious mind. Yeah. yeah. And 100%. that will literally empower people that listen to this. Repeat it until – and who cares if your friends, oh, you've listened to that, you know, who, your ego, my eye, oh, you've listened to it this many times. I don't care. Put it on repeat until it, it bores the shit out of you. Because mm. then you could repeat it whenever you want. Yeah. And there you go. You've got the, the tool, the key to the unconscious mind, repetition and commitment. Yeah. Mm. And there's your, new di- and there's your new life. Open that door and step into it. Yes. I like that. Very cool. I thank wanna, you so much. Yeah, I want to thank you too because that's what we're trying to do here is we're trying to create a platform to open people up to have these conversations and it's all based on love and connection. So we do appreciate all those comments. And for the yeah. They get to listen to this stuff. Yeah. This stuff changed my life. I tuned in so much. And so if the listeners are listening, as they are listening, <laughs> tune in more. Yeah. So tune in. Put it on repeat. Listen to it five times in one day. The next day, your brain, your unconscious mind will be thinking about content. So thank you very much to you two for putting this out there because your attraction is attracting your vibe. And they might not have listened to Lewis Howes or Aubrey Marcus or whatever, but they're listening to you. Mm. So take a complete empowerment that you guys are changing other people as well by, by having this platform. So thank you. And I am an avid listener. <laughs> I'd love to listen to you too. Really Thanks, appreciate sure. it, dude. Well, <laughs> thank um, you so much for coming on as well. Yeah. It's been awesome. It's, that's been our longest episode, that's for sure. And I yeah, loved every second. I don't feel like I gave too much, but I didn't have to. I just sat back and just... Mm. just Osmosis. Before, just before... We have the winter challenge coming up at Exalto. 30-day challenge for you to change your life, your unconditioned program, your unconscious programs, your energy, your mind, your health. And if you are at all drawn to this energy, if you're at all curious about what this feels like, come and join us. Come jump on board Exalto. It's just 30 days. If you don't like it, that's cool. It's only a month that's gone. You're going to sit on your ass anyway. (laughs) Just come and... Come and have fun. Come do an ice bath. Just experience it. Do some breath work and just see if it helps you because I know it's helped me. And that, and in the challenges, all the tools that I used when I was coming out of that drug episode mm. to fully step into my power. So it's these exact, these exact tools repeated. And if you are keen for that, us three would love to have you in there. Absolutely. 100%. Find us there. 100%. All right, Jordan. Thank you so much, my friend. Let's go, baby. Much love. (laughs) Until next time, guys. Thank you very much.